0: this is jalen for Dobbs. where tire buying is easy at gotodobs.com Dobbs.com, shop brands sizes pricing and our amazing deals with 40 plus locations get same day install for tires it's Dobbs.
1: for deals you can use click on go now you ready show time on may 3rd summer starts with the fall guy
2: do doing later let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes
1: The opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. <sighs>
5: Good morning everyone and welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN. It is 7 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler as he has throughout the course of the week. Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis is out. He is coaching in the NFLPA All-Star Game in Los Angeles and kindly joining us today in the absence of Kerry Davis is one of our all-time favorites, Alexa Datt of Bally Sports Midwest. She'll be on the pregame and intermissions and then postgame for the Blues and Coyotes tonight. Good morning, Alexa. How are you doing? Good
0: morning, Randy. I'm great. How are you? Thanks for having me.
5: It's great to have you with us. And isn't it funny how Blues play a team like, well, they played Chicago last week and we said, oh, that's a game they should win. Play Arizona tonight. Oh, that's a game they should win. There are a lot of games where they should win that they just don't.
0: I know. And unfortunately, (laughs) that's been their season. Yeah.
5: Consistently
0: inconsistent. (laughs)
5: That's a great way to put it. That's what they are. And I don't see 48 games in. I don't see it changing dramatically. But I do think they can take advantage of some things that are in front of them. Obviously, Jordan Kyra is getting... He's, he's reaching superstar status. He's, he's got a chance to be a point-of-game guy. Yep. We get a chance to see Jake Neighbors. Maybe Scott Perunovich will get healthy and he'll start playing. I think there are some advantages to come out of a season like this. And we also tend to forget, Alexa, that the last time the Blues missed the playoffs was 2018. Missed on the last day of the season. Lost in Colorado. Tarasenko hurt his shoulder. Missed the playoffs. Then what happened the next year? Right. So it's not impossible to bounce back and be good again next year.
0: No, and I'm not counting them out completely from the playoffs this year. I know it's going to be a very hard, very tough uphill battle. But crazier things have happened, Randy. Crazier things have happened. And when you get a team that's healthy, and for some reason, if there's a rallying cry from what Tory Krug said, basically that we need to play with desperation, Mm. maybe you get a spark going. Um, but but yeah, I think, unfortunately, the main focus for the Blues is going to be where their veterans are going to go, whether they're going to stay with the team or if they're going to be traded.
5: And that's the story of the morning. Our friend Jeremy Rutherford, who will join us, by the way, coming up in the 9 o'clock hour, has a piece out at The Athletic right now. And you love the first line. As Ryan O'Reilly takes a seat at the Centene Community Ice Center on Wednesday afternoon, he's wearing a St. Louis Blues shirt and protective boot on his broken right foot. You wonder how much longer he'll be wearing both, which could go hand in hand. Oh,
0: it gives me chills. (laughs) It gives me chills. I love good writing.
5: He's fantastic. And what Ryan O'Reilly told Jeremy Rutherford about the possibility of a contract extension is, quote, yeah, we're starting to get a little dialogue going. I think there will be some talks kind of going forward here. But yeah, there's no timeline or such. That's all all I can really give you on that. But he does go on to say, Ryan O'Reilly does, I want to be here as a member of the Blues
0: so interesting being a guy who is on, you know, the the trade block because you get all kinds of messages from people in your life. Hey, oh, I hear your rumor going here. I hear your rumor going there. And can you imagine, Randy, if you're just doing your everyday job I and mean, people are constantly messaging you, oh, I heard you're leaving. I heard you're going somewhere else. I heard this team wants you. I heard your current employer doesn't want you anymore. I mean, that has to affect your psyche. They say that it doesn't. Players. It's your life. But it has to. Y-
5: your life is in the hands of... Your destiny is literally in the hands of Doug Armstrong and another general manager. You've got two young kids. Yeah. Here we are. It'll be March 3rd. There'll be a couple of months left in the season. He's going to go somewhere and be living in a hotel, leaving a young family. That's tumultuous. Uh, that would be something... Uh, as great as being a pro athlete is and the guy's making seven and a half million dollars this year people always look at the money first but if you humanize things a little bit because it doesn't matter how much money you buy if you're away from your family you can't buy that presence with your family right so I, i try to humanize things and for him or vladimir tarasenko that would be a tough thing as much as you love the hockey and as much as you love the adoration from the fans being away from your family has to be tough.
0: Yeah, and of course, the flip side of that, you can play devil's advocate, and it's, well, they're making so much money, this is part of the job, deal with it, they're professional athletes, and I get that side too. Me too. Fans are allowed to, to feel that way as well. Uh, I just think this is a very interesting way that it, it bleeds into their psyche, and then eventually, you know, affects the game, because how could it not? It's very, I mean, you can compartmentalize all you want, but it's it's very difficult to do. So, that's to me the, the most interesting thing. Obviously, he's not on the ice right now, he's got a uh, broken foot, but uh, just in general, how it, you know, permeates the rest of the team, mm-hmm. how it affects their mentality in the in the locker room, and how it affects then their place.
5: Alexa, if I'm another team, if I am the Boston Bruins and I have the best record in hockey, or if I'm the Colorado Avalanche and I am battling for a playoff spot, my team is going to be better if I have Ryan O'Reilly on yes. that team, right? Especially yes. if you're a team that's planning on winning a Stanley Cup, because... As we've seen in the playoffs, there's nobody better at shutting down the opponent's best player than Ryan O'Reilly.
0: That's right. What are the chances, by the way, Randy, that he ends up staying, that they end up working out a contract extension?
5: The fact that he's saying they want to engage in conversations is a positive for me because he and his representation know that he's not going to make seven and a half million dollars. Right. Right. So the fact that he's saying we we want to engage in conversations means that he has come to the conclusion that reality is he's going to have to take a pay cut at his age with his production this year, but his love of community and the fact that he is the captain, there's a lot of good things that go into being a member of the St. Louis Blues for him. If he's willing to take a pay cut, I think that's a good thing. And I I feel better, let me put it this way. If you would have told me 24 hours ago that there was a chance the Blues could sign Ryan O'Reilly I would have said nah, not a chance but the fact that he's saying they can makes me change my mind
2: I
0: agree and I don't think that he would have to take that significant of a pay cut also going somewhere else, uprooting your entire family, starting over, I mean, again, players do it all of the time. It's part of the sport. But you could weigh that in your decision and say, you know what, I'd rather be here. So if it's not that significant of a pay cut, I'm willing to stay.
5: No doubt about it. Football. Patrick Mahomes says he's good to go for the AFC Championship game. That might be the Super Bowl. Burrow against Mahomes. San Francisco's awesome. Philadelphia's awesome. And we don't know. But I'll tell you what, the most compelling Game left in this postseason is that one because of the two quarterbacks. San Francisco against either of those teams would be fun. Philadelphia was the best team in the league this year. Whoever they play would be fun. But to me, the most compelling matchup, and I'm a guy that hates the the mothership, our mothership, <laughs> has made it like tennis where it's just quarterback against quarterback and they leave the big guys out of it. But I think the, the most compelling quarterback matchup, obviously, is Burrow and Mahomes.
0: Of course, but I think it's interesting with Mahomes. I mean, when he got hurt, everyone was freaking out, mm-hmm. right? But if you take a look at all the weapons that that team has, I mean, it's they're filthy. They're littered with uh, offensive weapons. So even if he's not at 100% health, I'm picking the Chiefs every day
5: of the week. Even though they have lost Alexa three times in a row to Cincinnati, and the Bengals have a ton of weapons, I feel the exact same way as yeah. you. Just because, I guess, it's our perception of what they are. Maybe it boils down to the fact that Patrick Mahomes brought Kansas City back in 13 seconds against Buffalo, whatever it is. Sure. And, and, they've, and they've won the Super Bowl. Of the four teams left of recent vintage, The these current iterations of their teams, they're the only ones that have won a Super Bowl.
0: And I just think his leadership, it, it extends beyond. I mean, he's the kind of quarterback that, you know, you look at what he does above and beyond just the X's and O's. And uh, it's different. It's much mm-hmm. different. Talk about his offseason preparation, the way the guys gravitate towards him and and really start the season before the season starts. It's pretty cool. Also, he healed himself basically mm-hmm. in that game. When you saw him come back and he was limping. And then like by the end of it, he was basically fine again. So yeah. I don't really have that, too many worries about him this weekend
5: no so he's good to go Mahomes against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday we have both games by the way here on 101 ESPN Eagles and 49ers pregame at one the game at two Chiefs and Bengals kick off at 530 and oh by the way for the championship games we have the championship bash at Helen Fitzgerald's you can join members of the 101 ESPN crew are you going to be there you're going to show up at the championship bash on Sunday maybe maybe a call in
0: okay that'll be fine maybe a text in
5: Okay, Uh, CarShield is going to be there. Bud Light's going to be there. David Taylor, Ellisville for the AFC and NFC Championship Games. Tons of TVs to watch, food, drinks, music, a bunch of giveaways. Bash kicks off with a live pregame show at 11. Hope to see you Sunday at Helen Fitzgerald's for the Championship Bash. Brought to you by CarShield, Bud Light, and David Taylor. Dodge Jeep Ram in Ellisville and, of course, 101 ESPN. One other football note that I am intrigued by is that Reportedly, Jimmy Ursay wants Jeff Saturday to rem- remain the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. All other 31 teams are saying, yeah, do it because they want to beat up the Colts for the next year. <laughs> oh, few <years>. Jimmy
0: Ursay, <laughs> what are you doing, bro? What are you doing? By the way, the Dallas Cowboys just fired a bunch of coaches yeah. who are now available to uh, replace your, your head coach. And I think that any of those are a better option than Jeff Saturday. Joe Philbin, right, is now uh,
5: right. He's out there. Jobless? George Edwards, yeah, yeah. So, absolutely, go you know, get him. An experienced coach that has coached before is going to be better than an inexperienced coach who has been a head coach for eight games. Well, he give him his high school credit.
6: So, <laughs> so <laughs> games. Uh, yeah, for I sure. understand
5: his
7: obsession with getting a Manning Mafia guy into the into the head coaching spot. There, Midas' problem is that there was other Manning mafia yeah. guys already on your <laughs> coaching staff who you could have elevated instead of Jeff Saturday mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think you know the, the problem I'm gonna blame I'm gonna blame uh, the mothership and NFL network because they did one too many specials about how the center is always the smartest guy on a football field mm-hmm. and how Jeff Saturday was the guy who like actually made Peyton Manning's offense work because he was so intelligent and he made all the offensive line calls they tricked Jim Mercce into thinking that he was the smartest guy out on that field and he was like well If I'm going to go with a Manning-era guy other than Peyton Manning, take
5: the smartest guy on the field that's what NFL Network was telling me every five seconds. If there's no Peyton Manning and it's only Curtis Painter, we never hear of Jeff Saturday. (laughs) That's true. That's 100% true. And Alexa, in in the 9 o'clock segment, we are going to talk about the numerous Cardinals that are playing in the World Baseball Classic. And we'd love to have people check in via the mic drop on the 101 ESPN app. But the question is... With all of these Cardinals gone, Arenado, Goldie, Wainwright, Michaelis, O'Neal, Newtbar, Edmund, Gallegos, Palante, all those people are playing in the WBC, which will provide more opportunities for other players to play their positions. Mm-hmm. Which other player that's going to get an opportunity most intrigues Alexa Datt?
0: Jordan Walker, hands down. He is a future first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt in my mind.
5: I love that you say that.
0: A hundred percent. The dude has so much poise. I mean, on the field, right? You've seen Mm. what he's been able to do. He's got elite speed and power combined, and that's a rare combination. Especially
5: when you're 6'5 and 240.
0: That's right. He's huge. He is a giant human, and he's also the nicest and most poised prospect I've ever Ever seen and I've dealt with a lot I mean in, in my 15 years in the business I've covered the AAA All-Star game, I've covered, I mean, I've had several of them on my podcast mm-hmm. year after year after year because they're the guys that will say yes right, right? Yep. will come on yep. the podcast uh, and, and just talking to him it, it's, it is light years above and beyond anyone that I've ever spoken to and that's not to diss anyone else that's just to say mm-hmm. singling him out as a, really a, I think a, a future Hall of Famer.
5: He's giving uh, they're going to give the, well let's put it this way, the WBC is going to give Jordan Walker an opportunity to be an opening day starter for the Cardinals. An opportunity he might not get if Newt Barr is there every single day or if Arenado and Goldie are there every day. He's going to get at-bats. You brought one up to me yesterday that I was very intrigued by, and I'm not averse to watching this unfold. It's Paul DeYoung.
0: He needs some at-bats. Yeah.
5: And he's going to get them. He's literally been down in Jupiter since the end of the World Series. Yeah. For three months, he's been working on his swing I'm really intrigued to see what he is, if he could recapture the form. If he can hit 285 with 30 home runs with his defense, then you put Edmund back at second, then all of a sudden you've got something. He's got to get out of his head. That's the big. The five people, six people, seven people that are in his head, and he goes up to the plate. It's like my golf game. I got to think about like about seven things as I'm addressing <laughs> the ball, and then boom, slicing it off to the right side. He needs to have a singular thought That's at right. the plate, right? One
0: one singular thought.
5: Yep. Yeah. That's Alexa And for Carrie. I'm Randy. Coming up here on 101 ESPN. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line, which is three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six. Get that saved in your phone. Three one four three nine nine. Yo-ho! And we have sick of it next on 101 ESPN. You're back
1: to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
5: is with us it's the opening drive on 101 espn alexa a couple of years ago when michelle smallman was doing this show with me bradley beal playing very well for the washington wizards at the time are you a wizards fan is that your team huge wizards okay. fan
0: love okay. bradley beal. Yeah, he's our guy he's the guy yeah
5: and he scored 47 points he had scored like 40 points in seven consecutive games all losses and his wife hops on the twitter machine after he scores 47 in a loss and just puts on twitter sick of it. And so Michelle always took it it as kind of a sick of it. And mine was more of a a valley girl. Sick of it. (laughs) So that was the genesis for this particular segment that we do every Thursday, which Uh. is sick of it. And so as an example, every week we have something doesn't have to be sports related. I spent Monday, as you did, and Tuesday, as you did, preparing for Snowmageddon. Mm hmm. We had an inch of snow. Mm -hmm. We had nothing on the roads. You know, meteorologists love you. I I think you're wonderful people. But uh, your accuracy? Sick of it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> but, Randy, there has to be one profession in the world that just gets paid to be bad. I know. It's not professional and, gambling. And we're just going to give it to the weather people, you know? I mean, if you got to give it to somebody, why not? They just have to stand up there in front of a green screen for their entire you know, life and, and predict what's going to happen. They don't yeah. know. Nobody knows. So just, you know, right. take the money and run. They take all these science
5: courses. They spend all this time, and then this happens. <laughs>
0: Randy, you know what I'm sick of? I'm sick of fans telling me who is and who is not a baseball Hall of Famer. I'm sick of it. Can I just have somebody in the Hall of Fame? Oh, they can't. They're a cheater. They can't be in. Oh, if they did steroids, they can't be in. Oh, if they're not as great as I thought they were when they were playing, they can't be in. Then who's in the Hall of Fame? It's not Scott Rowland. It's not, you know, Alex Rodriguez. It's not Barry Bonds, not the greatest player of all time. He's not in the Hall of Fame. Then who is in the Hall of Fame? You're you're, going to leave everybody out. You're just going to walk down the halls. You're going to be empty. Yeah, nobody there. What's the point? And we make a huge deal about the announcement, about the voting, about all of it. We sit there and we watch the announcement, eyes glued to the TV for one guy. And then you argue whether he's worth it or not. No, give me all of the guys in the Hall of Fame. Don't tell me that he's, oh, he may have made it, or, or what about this guy, or what about that guy? Let's just celebrate this guy getting in the Hall of Fame, and mm-hmm. let's move on. Why is it such a
5: big deal? You are so on with that. And there's a couple of things. Number one, people say, well, it's the Hall of Very Good. Hey, you know what? If you don't think that, uh, and I hate to act like a, a pompous media guy here. <laughs> But if, if if you don't think that Scott Rowland's a Hall of Famer, then you just don't know enough ball. That's right. Right? That's, that's one of the things. Here's the other thing. And I, I look at it from a voter standpoint. We'll never be voters. You and I won't. But why would somebody want, just on a human level, to deprive somebody the joy, and their family, the joy of being in the Hall of Fame? Why would you want to take that joy away from somebody?
0: That's right. And also... What's the argument to keeping guys out who really had a spectacular record in terms of their leadership on the field, off of the field. I mean, uh, led the game in an exemplary way and also was a fantastic player and did it at a very interesting position for the Hall of Fame Mm -hmm. at third base. So it just it drives me nuts that everyone's like, well, is he really? Okay, so you're going to let nobody go in. Is that what you'd rather do? You'd rather have nobody in the Hall of Fame. And it's not just to get somebody in, but like he is not actually a legitimate Hall of Famer. So it it just it enrages me that people. uh, Okay, then let's vote nobody in. Let's just get rid of the Hall. Thing. how about that you're, you you're, now?
5: you're right that's yeah that's what they want that's right hey Alex you've been paying attention for a long time from 2000 2001 02 03 04 05 06 and well let's just go to 05 till he got hurt was he the best guy at his position Roland yeah, he was the best third baseman. For a five-year period, there was nobody above him at that position. To me, right there, a five-year slice of history where you're the best at what you do at your position, that's Hall of Fame worthy. Yeah,
0: I think that's a great point.
5: All right, Matthew, what do we got on the text line?
7: Sick of not knowing what Blues team you're going to get night to night, giving up multiple goals on the first couple shots
5: multiple times. I'm sick of it. I wonder if there's anybody that is not sick of that. Like, in the room, they have to be sick of it, right? Even though they're the ones that are committing the... The crime as it were is there anybody that's not sick of that
0: yeah i gotta be honest uh i i I just got here a year ago (laughs) i'm sick of it so yeah i can imagine blues fans are just pulling their
7: hair out for sure sick of it people using speakerphone in public people still do that people still do that wow i would just i would walk up and just slap
0: the phone out of their hand Goodbye, you lost phone privileges for the day. What about
5: Bluetooth? So I walk into a restroom yesterday and there's a guy standing at the urinal talking. And I thought, oh, kind of weird. But then I see the thing in his, his ear. I think there are places where you should probably not use
0: it. No, margins. I kind of like the commitment. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, I'm going for it. I can't end this conversation no matter what. Yeah, Even that. midstream, I'm going to keep that. it going.
5: Here's the other one. I respect that. How about this a checker? It might have been a million-dollar
0: deal, Randy. A, you have no idea. could have been.
5: How about a checker at a store? So you walk up, you're ready to buy some stuff, ready to give them some of your hard-earned money, and, they say, and the person says, yeah, I don't want to do that. They're total focus is on somebody else rather than their you time the, the person customer. In, in their ear
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean yeah I'm okay with that only because they stand 90% of the time right. to do their job yeah. they've got rude people coming up to them all the time True. who are on their own phones not paying attention to them so it goes both ways
5: i have a young lady at mobile on the run here who a couple of weeks ago thanked me for always being so nice isn't that weird that, that is so sweet but the fact that there are enough people out there that she has to pick somebody out that thanks for being so nice let's all be really nice okay
0: you know what randy i love that message yeah thursday morning you shouldn't have to let's be spread the kindness yeah,
5: yeah thank you alexa we should and and just the fact that she has to take it upon herself to thank somebody for being nice tells me a lot about where we are as i
0: know sad it's really sad.
7: Sick of it—the daily barrage of armchair GMs who think they know more than the professionals. If someone can't constantly criticize what they did, they would duck. They would deck the critics in a second.
0: I mean, I yeah, mean, but isn't that what we do?
5: Yeah, it is our job, and it's it's a fan's job. But I always go back to Tony LaRussa, who listened when, all the time, all the time, kind of rabbit ears. And you'd get into the office, and you would say, "Just remember." I know more about this team than you do. I always will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're not wrong there. <laughs> it's
0: very true. But they know that. Yeah. So we can have our fun. Right. Yeah.
5: Right. They we do. Can... They, that, they just yeah, have to no. take that to heart. John Moselak, Ali, they They just need to take that to heart. Even though they scream at the radio, I know more than they do.
0: <laughs> I love it. My favorite John Moselak moment where he put me in my place is probably a quarter of the way through the season where I'd been calling him John. And he turns to me and he goes, Alexa, only my mother calls me John. cut it out. Oh, wow. It's Mo. And I was like, thanks, Mo. See you later. Bye. So okay, funny. see ya. Really? <laughs> don't, wanna, don't sound like your mom here. <laughs> just uh, do a job. Wonder, <laughs> I just
7: I, wonder, the man I wonder why I should call certain people, I'm pretty sure when I call, I've, I, I have no, I, now I'm questioning if I called him John, like the times where I've, I've gotten oh. him on the phone for the show or not.
0: Oh yeah, you can't call him John.
7: I need to call him Mo, dang. Okay, yeah. that's a good thing to know. say, what up, Mo?
5: <laughs> and, yeah. uh, by the way, good morning. <laughs> going to <laughs> <laughs> <gonna> be awesome. <laughs> it's
7: gonna choke me out like Bobby Knight did. <laughs> what up, Knight? I'm sick of people on Highway 70 eastbound in St. Charles. I like the specificity of yeah, this okay. text. Shocking I'm sick eastbound. of people on Highway 70 eastbound in St. Charles County not using their blinkers during this morning commute. You know who you are.
0: To <laughs> be honest? People in St. Louis drive like lunatics.
1: Kind of, yeah. We're
7: you guys are wacky. crazy yeah.
0: drivers. Okay, so you're very fast on the highway. Yep. Okay. You're,
7: which which is not a terrible thing. It's built to go. It's, 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 it's built to be like, you know, highway, highway 280, which is not a terrible thing, but
0: usually like on the East coast, I can just kind of cruise down 95 and I'm in one gear. I actually put my car, you know, in driver mode, whatever, where it takes over on, you know, 80 miles an hour and just go. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, don't roll your eyes at me. This isn't a special feature <laughs> for rich
7: people.
4: <laughs> this epic F- car has this. Cruise oh, control. Cruise control. control. Really like, no, like I have a Tesla and I'm no. just like kicking it's, back. I no, was like, too early. I couldn't come up, up with the, a up up with the name. The okay, okay. O The
7: way to drop a Tesla. But but here,
0: you you guys, the merging is is ridiculous. Getting on and off the highway, nobody knows how to do it. No offense, but you guys are just, it's it's clueless when you come to merging on and off the highway. It's slowing down when you merge onto the highway, and then it's speeding up when you get off the ramp when you're supposed to go 30 miles an hour. What are we doing here? You're not wrong. It's crazy. (laughs) It's crazy. And the amount of um, side mirrors that are smashed or like side door, because everyone's just bumping into each other. It's it's nuts. It's It's, it's a war zone out there. (laughs) It's crazy. It's crazy. My car has been smashed several times here and I'm just chilling. Oh, yeah. Seriously? Oh, yeah. Hit and runs. I had an estimate the other day. They want to charge me four thousand dollars to get the side of my car fixed Oh a hit and run. I, I, listen, I have that's li- amazing.
7: I've lived here thirty-one years. I've driven for about half, pretty much, you know, a little less than half that time, and I've gotten I've gotten one little like ding on the, the a bumper of a car.
0: I mean, Rocky, you're not out here like I'm out here in okay. these streets. I,
5: I'm so, not. Oh no,
7: my lord!
5: In, in, right. in, in regard to vehicles in St. Louis, we just we can't have nice things. No, <laughs> we, no, 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 we cannot. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's Alexa. I'm Randy coming up. Our buddy, Alexi, used to work with Greg Gamsinger back at MLB Network. Uh, He'll join us next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the
1: Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
5: Alexa Dadd, and for Carrie Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. We're efforting Greg Amsinger of MLB Network, not with us at the moment. He was actually in town over the course of the weekend. I had a chance to visit with him on Thursday, and I, he was, he went to a slew game. He was just getting around last week, but uh, I guess we wore him out. You know, you try to get back to the East Coast in New York, and you, just, you, you spend this time in bustling St. Louis. It's probably... Tough to get back on a schedule.
0: That's a great point. He was out with his college buddies, and he texted me from the bar. I guess I was hosting one of the shows, and he sent me a snapshot, and... Uh, <laughs> Yes, we got to catch up over text, but I'm sure him and his college buddies got a chance to catch up uh, and and did it right. So good for
5: him. Yeah. Before we send him back to the East Coast. Hey, we want your text 314-399-9646, And Alexa and I were talking about this earlier in the opening segment. So many Cardinals are going to be participating in the WBC, and that includes Goldschmidt and Arenado and Wainwright and Michaelis and Tyler O'Neill for Canada, Lars Nootbaar for Japan, Tommy Edmond for Korea, Gaigos for Mexico, Palante for Italy. So a lot of guys are not going to be in spring training, which will provide opportunities for other young Cardinal players. And Alexa said she's really excited about seeing Jordan Walker, first ballot Hall of Famer Jordan Walker, by the way.
0: I think so. And if you tell me that's too much pressure, I'm going to tell you that he would embrace it wholeheartedly,
5: full throttle. Yeah, I think he will. I think he's that sort of a guy. We talked a little bit about Paul DeYoung, another person that I think is going to get an opportunity with the absence of Wayno and Michaelis. I'm really interested to see Gordon Graceffo. Me too. Because, and you interviewed him at the Baseball Writers Dinner and did a spectacular job, but boy, was he electric down the stretch.
0: He was, and in his final appearance, he retired the first 17 batters, took a no-hitter into the sixth perfect game, I think, Mm -hmm. and it showed his growth and his progression, and the fact that he was able to have that sort of an outing and kind of take that confidence and run with it. I mean, he was, re- he was really impressive. He struck me as a guy who, you know, he's not going to be up with the Cardinals, I think, this year. But when he does come up, he's going to make an
5: impact. And at some point, with this group of five, with Flaherty and Michaelis, Mats Montgomery, and um, Ueno— there's going to be an injury. Now, Dakota Hudson right now probably is the number six guy. Mm-hmm. But then you can choose a number seven. Do you put Polante in the rotation? He's in fact you might even have Pallante stretching out as a starter in Memphis this sure. year. But then behind them, what's Matthew Libertor? Grisefo, Michael McReavy. There's a group I think that has a chance, if they pitch well, to emerge from the others, and join this rotation. If, if he's pitching well at AAA, he might be the guy.
0: I'm excited to see McGreevy, too. Mm-hmm. He's got some good stuff. He's got a four-pitch arsenal, got an awesome fastball, uh, and I think that he, he's got a caper nine rate that's that's up there, too. That That's nice to see. So I'm excited to see him, and he's a big guy.
5: Yeah, and he's a guy that... He figured out the changeup, right? That just kind of arrived after uh, the Cardinals drafted him. And you mentioned the Caves per nine, but he's also a ground ball guy. This is a gold glove winning team. They're, they now give a gold glove for for a team. And the Cardinals, as a team, won the gold glove. Throw the ball within the strike zone and make guys hit it and use your defense.
0: Yeah, 100%. Randy, this is one of the reasons why I was talking about Jordan Walker so highly. So you got Walker win and hence all drafted by the Cardinals in two thousand in twenty twenty, sorry. Mm-hmm. And so before that, before they were these prospects in the system, they all got to know each other through high school ball. They have, you know, obviously went to high school in different states, but have played in different tournaments where they were able to to meet up and hang out and see each other. And Walker said I was fortunate not to face Mason or Tink. <laughs> they were really good. They probably would have made me look bad in high school. And first of all, there's no way that that would have been the case Mm -hmm. just because Walker's so good. But the fact that he is so humble to be able to say, uh, my guys out here, you better watch out for them because they're superstars in the making. It's just it's a cool perspective to have for such a young guy.
5: Tinkens is going to be the guy in the system this year. Yeah. For last year, Graceffo and Walker and Wynn to come along. The two guys that Mo thinks made the biggest jump in the minors last year are Wynn and Hens. Yep. And Tink Hentz is probably going to wind up being the Cardinal closer at some point. And I'm with you. That group of players, and obviously Mason Wynn is not going to be a pitcher. He's going to be a shortstop. And we talked a lot with Greg about the Cardinals going after Trey Turner. Well, Mason Wynn has that Trey Turner skill set. I, I get that we all wanted Trey Turner, right? But... From a business perspective, does it make sense to sign a guy for $300 million over six years when you might have and you think you have basically the same guy on the way in a year
0: yeah and the other part of it is straight turner didn't want to be here unfortunately and that's nothing against the organization because i'm sure he would love to play for the st louis cardinals he just didn't want to be in st louis he's an east coast guy he's an
5: east coast guy right his
0: wife i think is from florida he's from new jersey or the other way around something like that they've got tons of family there and and he's happy where he he is and where he made the decision to go which is the phillies
5: so uh, that's where we stand. on uh, guys, it'll be in spring training. By the way, Greg will join us coming up uh, after Take It or Leave It at 8 o'clock here on 101 ESPN. And we'll ask him why he's late.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Greg just sleeping through his assignments. Yeah. <laughs> no, no,
5: he, he, has
7: a, he has a good reason. Not an no, excuse, excuse.
5: He has a good reason. Oh, okay. What's
7: but, the difference? Are you, are you kidding me?
5: And excuses. Uh,
7: excuses ridiculous. Yeah. Excuse Excuses. Something you I mean, come up because it, you're your homework. It's halfway true. You yeah. didn't really do it. A uh, reason is you know something actually happened that I could not have prepared
5: for.
0: Is it bad?
7: No, it's not that bad. It's just, you know, life
0: <laughs> happens? happens.
5: No, you, Greg is coming up at 8, and it's really bad. He's a stick <laughs> around sticker on for that. But next up, we've got Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something?
1: I'm put it out there. Like it, you can take it. If you don't, set it right back. Get your text into 314 399 9646 and give us your take it or leave it.
2: Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it.
5: With Alexa Datt of Bally Sports She'll have the pregame for the Blues and the Coyotes Tonight on Bally Sports And with Matthew Rocchio, I'm Randy Carriker It's time for Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN Alexa, maybe some sad news Coming out of Dallas As reported by Page Six Dak Prescott and his girlfriend of two years Natalie Buffett have broken up Oh, Take it or leave it though It's not so bad for her Because she'll be picked off by another guy pretty soon
0: whoa good morning happy Thursday Randy I'm sure she is a fine young woman and she will do great and uh, so will Dak wish them both the best I'm not touching that with a tempo pole, Randy oh come on she'll she'll get intercepted too. Much. Uh, I mean a lot of picks a lot of picks mm-hmm. yep. she's got her, her pick of the litter so good, good for her she'll figure it out uh, take it or leave it Randy, Aaron Rodgers will go the way of Brett Favre, and after spending his time with the Packers, will join the New York Jets and quarterback that team next season.
5: Alexa, I'm going to take it, and I think he's perfect for the Jets in New York. Perfect. And he doesn't care about the media. He's just so chill right now, and... He's got a pretty good surrounding cast. He's got a defense. He's in the perfect spot to succeed. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to take it and I'm going to say that he actually does better with the Jets than Brett Favre did, who got him to the playoffs.
0: He did. And I do think that he does better. I'm 100% on board with you. And there are tons of direct flights from New York to South America where he can still Mm -hmm. do all of his ayahuasca. So there we go. He can stay exactly where he is on his mental journey.
5: Yeah. And everybody's happy because Jordan Love gets the starting job and a Rod says that Jordan Love is like his little brother, right? So he can get a- 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 uh, Love into a position, and A Rod will hopefully find happiness in New York.
0: He would be a gem. And the. The back pages would love him.
5: Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah, he'd be fun. Yeah, And one of those teams, because of the Giants' success this year, the Jets need to go a little farther. You know how it is in New York, because you were there. the The competition for those back pages among all the sports teams is so intense, and that would give the Jets such an edge over the Giants, who just made the playoffs.
0: A hundred percent, and they would love. I mean, they would just, you know, they would live for
5: it mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, Matthew, what do we got on the old text line? Take it or leave it. Jordan Hicks will have a career year. Uh, Alexa, I'm going to leave this. Mm. I think that Jordan Hicks is one of the pitchers that's going to be negatively affected by the pitch timer, because he needed those 25 30 seconds to recharge his arm to get back to max effort. And we'll talk to Greg about this coming up at eight o'clock. But to me, Hicks is a guy throws six or seven pitches with a uh, 14 second pitch timer. He's probably throwing 92 93. He's going to have to learn how to pitch.
0: I'm going to take it actually. He's in the best shape of his life. If you've seen his Instagram, following Mm him, looks pretty good. I think that there's going to be a big shift in a lot of pitchers this year with the clock. And I think that he's one of the guys that benefits from it. A lot of the pitch clock it controls your your mental side of the game. And as soon as that is shifted, or essentially removed, because you don't really have as much time to think about it, you just start pitching, and I think he's going to be a huge benefactor yeah,
5: from can, that. Contreras is going to have to be great, right? There's yes. no doubt about it. But yeah, he is a guy that just put everything into somebody else's hands and just execute that's right and if he can pitch if he can throw strikes then he can do it and hopefully he'll just be healthy for a whole season that'd be nice too that's the main
7: goal taylor leave it dax x left because she knew she was never going to get a ring <laughs>
0: <laughs> we gotta take that okay. yeah 100 <laughs> uh, percent.
7: all day long <laughs> i to have to double check to see if this person's <laughs> eligible because i might just give them the adam sandler tickets for that one oh no, there was, you go that's a good that was play
5: really good if you're a
0: cowboys fan i mean are you just calling it quits at some point you stuck <laughs> you stuck by that organization for so long. And they are just bad. Every year bad. And Jerry Jones claims, Oh, he's the god of football. For what? Mm. For what? Yeah, you make a lot of money. That organization is profiting for sure. Yep. But what are the fans getting out of it? Loss after loss. Alexa, maybe not even an appearance.
5: We had a great stat last week. I'll repeat it for you. Saint Louis, Saint Louis has had more NFC championship games this century than Dallas has.
2: I love that. <laughs> Put
0: that on a T-shirt and sell that. The the city would go crazy. I buy one.
7: Yeah, that's I'm cool invested. I make I make that joke about you know like 15 yeah.
5: NBA franchises. Yeah. Yeah, we suck it. Yeah, we, we, but uh, well, but they haven't left. I mean, we don't even have a team. Yeah, that's, that's, that's
0: why it's special. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
5: Yeah. yeah, and he's the one that.
0: We don't even play in the league anymore, and we're better than you.
5: <laughs> that's exactly what I'm
7: saying. Take it or leave it. Yepes will have more starts than Gorman in 2023.
5: Ooh. I'm leaving it because Gorman is a left-handed hitter, going against right-handers. I think that's a platoon. If everybody's healthy, that's a platoon, and Gorman gets to hit against right-handers and Yepes against left-handers.
0: Yeah, but Yepes can play more positions mm-hmm. is the difference. Ah, oh, he could be out there in the outfield. I know you don't trust his defense as much as you would like, but he could work on that and improve. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it though. Yeah, I agree. I'm gonna leave it.
5: Alexa, would you be inclined during spring training if you're Ali Marmol and Mo and the staff to give Nolan Gorman a first baseman's mitt? Yes. and get him into left field a little bit and yes. find out if he can play other positions yes
0: 100% this is an experimental time just do exactly what you need to do science project
5: yeah I'm with you move yeah, everyone I'm, around figure it out there's no reason for him to not be kind of like Brendan Donovan
0: yeah He should be able to
5: yeah because I don't know how good of a second baseman he's going to be I think with the shift being an everyday second baseman for Gorman is probably going to be problematic
7: yeah with the shift that that's, that's an issue that we're looking at Take it or leave it. Three of the Cardinals' five starters right now throw over 170
5: innings. So we're talking Michaelis, we're talking Flaherty, Flaherty. Montgomery, Wayno, wow. and Matts or Hudson. I'm gonna, I a am choice. going to optimistically take
0: this. Wow, woo! I'm gonna
5: go with Jmon, Jordan Montgomery. You're saying Wayno, Flaherty. You guys on a first name oh, basis? No. Yeah,
7: Michaelis. Yeah, Montgomery Flaherty.
5: Michaelis, Montgomery, Flaherty. Michaelis, Montgomery, Flaherty. All Irish.
0: 170 from Flaherty ooh, ooh.
5: I know, I know ooh,
0: That's hot that How is about high. This,
5: Alexa 181 innings, 238 strikeouts From Jack Flaherty
0: what? Where are you coming up that with these numbers? That just
5: happened, out of my head
0: That's a lot, Randy. that's a lot, Randy
5: It is Oh, you want to go a little bit further?
7: Rainey, what was your Jack Flaherty no. number last year? <laughs> no,
5: this oh, is yeah, scaring I, me. <laughs> oh <no. laughs> uh, yeah, my Jack Flaherty—it's it, on a board somewhere around here. Is that the uh, prediction? Okay, that's a prediction. Is that
0: yours? One eighty. What? One eighty. One
5: 180... eighty-one. Uh huh. Two thirty-eight in strikeouts, <laughs> and then after the season, seven and one thirty-five.
0: Oh my gosh.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh my goodness. I mean, you are real. So what... I mean, wait, what? seven for 135. Let's five, do some um, math there. Moment. Okay, wait, but hold on. Let me, let me ask you a question. Million okay, you a year? Let me ask you a question. What Ooh. to you is screaming Jack Flaherty is going to get back to 2018? What in your mind is telling you that that's going to happen?
5: Because he's highly motivated because it's a contract year. Yeah. And he's essentially spent two years rehabbing, getting to a point where he can throw a lot of innings and to stay healthy. And when we've seen him healthy, he's been really good.
0: Really good. Yeah, I mean, okay. Did I say 7 and 135? <sighs> you know what? I'm going to be optimistic today, too. It's yeah. Thursday. Why not? We're almost at the weekend. Let's get at it.
5: If the Cardinals could do... I'll take
0: it
7: with you, Randy. <laughs> Thank
5: you. If the Cardinals could do 7 and 135, they'd take it in a blink, by the way. Yeah! One. By the way,
7: it, if he has it a doesn't... a 2 ERA and over 230 strikeouts, how does he yeah. not get at least 25? No, no he will. By he the will. way, it doesn't have to be Flaherty. It
0: can't. I can't get that from Mats. I can get oh, that yeah. from Wayneo. There are other guys that we can get it from as well. Yeah. To get to those three, yeah.
5: Okay, so let's go. Okay.
0: That
7: was that was that was there, hard. There's
5: no way Flaherty, after a year like that, no. is taking any less than thirty-two a year. I
7: think that's a, that's that's a good yeah. correct. Yeah, that's good.
5: So uh, let's do five, thirty-two five by 32? Point, thirty-two. Thirty-two one sixty. He's got to get thirty-two point five. No, he's doing seven years. Oh. Uh, and it's going to be two hundred twenty-seven <laughs> and a half million dollars. <laughs> wow, two twenty-seven wow. and a half over seven
7: for a guy who's had one healthy year—that will be one and a half healthy years at that point.
5: Carlos Rodon, that's the comp. Oh man, it's a lot of money. Yep, Carlos Rodon is left-handed, obviously. Yeah, but, yeah,
0: but starters are so difficult to come by. Yep, and you will that's will pay why the premium—a
5: ton of money. Yep. Yeah. Thank you, Matthew. You're not
7: wrong. Thank you, Randy.
5: Yeah, it's hey. All you have to do is have one good year. Hey, Stephen Mats. He, no, he only got forty four over four, right? But still had basically the one good year. And yeah, it got him a bunch of money.
0: But when he's healthy, he's really good. I mean, yeah. very similar.
5: Right, same thing. Yeah. That's Alexa. I'm Randy. Coming up, allegedly, Greg Amzinger is going to join uh, us here on I want to see, uh, one hundred and one. See, Greg. I'll
1: believe. It. You're back to the opening drive podcast on one hundred and one ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh
1: perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take.
2: Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app.
5: Alexa, Data, Valley Sports, in for Carrie. I'm Randy, and we're going to go to Greg Amzinger, MLB Network, one of our best buddies, product of the Lindenwood University, and... Of course, a product of St. Louis and a Cardinal fan. And we will defer the first question for Greg to Alexa.
0: Greg, good to hear from you, man. I heard there's something going on with your roof. And I heard it was a reason, not an excuse for your tardiness today. What's going on,
8: buddy? Uh, So, Alexa, it's great to hear your voice. I'm so proud (laughs) of all of the great things you're doing. Uh, I'm just going to say this to the children that are listening right now on their way to school, possibly. Don't ever grow up. Please, just stay a child forever. I did not know that if you're going to get a new roof, you have to move everything that's around your house. So these guys showed up, and they're like, hey, you've got to get your grill out of the way. Hey, you've got to get this potted plant out of the way. So I'm like, i got to be on the radio in St. Louis in like three minutes. They're like, well, then it's all going to get damaged. So I had to run around my house, and I, I didn't even, my hair isn't even done, Alexa. The people to <laughs> stab photos. I'm all stressed out all stressed out.
5: Hey, Greg, there's two things that people don't mess with for you and me and many gentlemen in the world. Don't mess with my golf clubs. Don't mess with my grill. (laughs) And for me, my hair.
8: I'm not kidding. My kids have never touched my hair. Like not even my children are allowed to touch my hair. And it was like when I was when I was single and And that was, like, a major, like, flaw. Like, you know, some women would be like, oh, he didn't hold the door for me, right? Well, she, like, went and touched my hair out of nowhere. It's over. So I'm (laughs) happily married to a woman that understands the rules of my life. So you're right. Golf clubs, grill, and for me, it's my hair. I'm with you. That's
0: a good point. (laughs) This is why I don't own a home, too. Unforeseen costs. Yeah, right. Crazy. crazy.
8: It's just so many responsibilities in life. Television is so much easier, Alexa. So much easier.
0: Don't grow up. I love that. Good advice. Hey, Greg, let's talk a little bit about the Hall of Fame because you got Scott Rowland inducted. Uh, obviously, you spent some years with the Cardinals, won a World Series with them. What do you say to the haters who say Scott Rowland is not a Hall of Famer?
8: Uh, man, it's too bad because uh, you're not appreciating one of the best all-around players in the game. Uh, you know, look, we not everyone is comparable. You can't compare Scott Rowland to Carlos Beltran. You, you can't compare... Scott Rowland to in modern day Manny Machado, people like to to, to watch people and all the flashiness. Scott Rowland was one of the best two way players the game's ever seen. Eight gold gloves at third base, and it was a dominant defensive performance when he was winning these gold gloves. He was by far the best third baseman. Now, my good friend Harold Reynolds and I like to argue all the time, he says if Scott Rollins a Hall of Famer, then Aramis Ramirez has to be a Hall of Famer. Now, if you go back and you look at the numbers, Aramis Ramirez's 162 average is almost 30 home runs and over 100 RBIs. Okay? And Ramos Ramirez was a run producer. But Aramis Ramirez, while he wasn't a defensive liability at third base, and I'm not saying Ramos shouldn't have a second look. He was off the ballot like Jim Edmonds quickly. I think that was unjust. But he wasn't the defender of Scott Rowland. And and, and these gold gloves, they matter. It, it, it's an accolade that it's on your it's in your obituary, okay, let alone your Hall of Fame plaque. You're looking at one of the best all around players. At his position. Scott Rowland, who is admired. We had Walt Jockety on our show yesterday on MLB tonight. And the reason I wanted Walt on, Walt traded for this Hall of Famer, not once, but twice. For all the reasons I'm explaining to you. And while not every Hall of Famer has the flame of being the fame of being flashy, because you know Scott Rowland wasn't doing a somersault on the home run like Ozzy Smith. He put the bat down after he hit a home run. And sometimes I think if Lance Berkman would have pimped a home run every time he hit one and jumped up and down and threw his helmet, maybe Lance Berkman would be in the Hall of Fame, too. We shouldn't have uh, flamboyance, help someone's fame, get into the Hall of Fame. Scott Rowland grabbed his lunch pail, did it every day. And I think he is well, well worthy of heading to Cooperstown.
5: Greg, did anybody that did not make it this year bother you? Yes, yes. I mean, come on, what are we doing with Todd Elton? Why? I mean,
8: he's going to get in next year, but that's my problem with the electorate because it's the same group every year. It's a slow drip. So it's not like I didn't expect Todd Elton to get in. I expected what happened to happen. Now 20% is, is a faster drip than normally he went up 20%. Why are we punishing people for ridiculous reasons? Well, you know, Edgar Martinez didn't play defense. I don't know. Well, it's a position that was created by the sport to be a designated hitter. Edgar Martinez was the best that ever did it. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Ah, Billy Wagner, Mm, not a thousand innings. I don't know. Wait a minute, 15 years in the big leagues, 11.9K per nine, and it was his job to get three outs, not five outs, not six outs. I know Goose Gossage threw three innings, but Billy Wagner was told you're only getting three outs. Why are we punishing him for a role that was created in the game? And, and I'm sorry, Todd Elton. We're punishing Todd Elton because he was drafted by the Colorado Rockies and he played all 17 years for one of the 30 franchises in the sport. What common sense is that. makes no sense why we're punishing this guy. He is a Hall of Famer. He should have been elected in with Scott Rowland, but his day will come next year. And
5: by the way, I hope that the success of Nolan Arenado away from Colorado will help a great hitter like Todd Helton, because a lot of people wondered whether or not Nolan was a product of being up in the altitude and obviously he's as good a hitter now as he was there and i hope people recognize that todd helton it didn't matter if todd helton would have played for the cardinals and played first base he would have been a hall of fame quality player
8: i agree i agree but i got i have to ask the two of you this question are you okay with jeff kent not being elected in 10 years on the ballot jeff kent not in the hall of fame are you both okay with that
0: I was talking about this with Randy earlier. This was my I'm sick of it for our show today. The gatekeeping that we do to keep players out of the Hall of Fame makes absolutely no sense to me, Greg. You want to walk down the halls and have the halls be empty? What's the point? How are we not celebrating baseball more? We love this sport more than some people love their own children yet they're not willing to let guys in that have brought them so much joy throughout their entire lives and who are just as successful as other guys who are already in the hall. It makes zero sense to me.
5: If Jeff Kent would have been a nice guy, he would be in. Would have been in easily. But because right. he said, I want to leave baseball with no friends, there's this perception, oh, he he was a jerk, which he was, probably still is. But you have to vote on the production of the player He was the most productive offensive second baseman in the history of the game. I am bewildered by the people that did not vote for him. I I just can't figure out how you could not vote for a second baseman that hit, what, 377 home runs? Uh, It's preposterous.
8: So here's the the crazy part, all right? Working at MLB Network, hosting the Hall of Fame show for, this is my 14th year, I just did it. I have not met anyone that doesn't vote for Jeff Kent. I I don't know who these people are. (laughs) He didn't get 50%. I've been dying to get somebody on one of our shows to talk to me why they don't vote for Jeff Kent. But every single person I know in the sport, they all sound like the two of you. So where are these people hiding? What did Jeff Kent do to these people? He didn't get 50% a couple days ago on his final year on the writer's ballot. It's bananas to me now what Alexis said, I will, I will, I will disagree a little bit. Okay. I, I'm not a big hall guy. I'm not a, let's not vote anybody in for three years kind of guy, but what we're doing right now, the swirl of why isn't this guy getting, why is it so hard? It's kind of, it's it's, it's a good thing for this sport. I know it doesn't doesn't make sense, but it's like being in a relationship with somebody and you never argue. We've never argued once. How long you been together? Five years. That's probably not a good relationship. That's not a real one. I'm sorry. that The NFL, everybody gets in, okay? You're getting at least six in every year. Okay, am I really watching that induction ceremony? Uh, but when Burt Blylevin finally gets in after 15 years on the ballot and his mom doesn't live to see him go in, you know he's going to have something to say to the writers when he have, has his speech. It is tough to get into this Hall of Fame. That's why I think... It's the best Hall of Fame of all the pro sports. The pageantry, Cooperstown's a special place. I do like that. I'm just upset with the egregious omissions. And Jeff Kent, to me, is one of the top five most egregious omissions in the Hall of Fame.
0: Okay, so you're a little bit more of a gatekeeper than I am, which I do appreciate. I mean, listen, this is part of what we get paid for to have these debates. So it benefits us. Let me throw this at you, Greg. Jordan Walker... Future first ballot Hall of Famer for not only the Cardinals for the for the for the for Major League Baseball for the Hall of Fame when he is eligible.
8: Jordan Walker is. First things first, okay. Uh, when you look at him from a scouting perspective, we've got our top one hundred prospects show that's going to be debuting tonight on MLB Network. He will be in that show. He is what a future Hall of Famer looks like. He's got all the physical tools that you can dream on. But I've said this, and we have said this about many other terrific talents over the years. You can go back to Pete Incaviglia, who's hit more home runs than college teams. And when he debuted with the Phillies, we were dreaming on fifty home runs a season. We said the same thing about Jason Hayward when he hit a home run in one of his first at bats with the Atlanta Braves. Welcome to this show, which is. What Chip Carey said, and now Chip Carey's been calling that in St. Louis, which is great news for Cardinal fans. He's an immense talent. But we've dreamt on guys that we can't miss before. It's the mental grind of 162 that separates the great minor league players, the great high school and college players from Hall of Famers. And the guys that make the hard look easy. What does that mean? When you're in an 0-for-21 slump, are you snowballing between the years? Because that's why Scott Rowland's in the Hall of Fame. He didn't do that. That's why Albert Poulos is going to be in the Hall of Fame. He didn't do that. The Hall of Famers are Hall of Fame Hall of Famers from a mentality standpoint, and we have to wait. That, that 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 is you have to sit back and let these kids play because they may have been in pressure situations before in their baseball careers, but it's nothing like Game Four, bases loaded, two outs. What do you do in a postseason series? So uh, it remains to be seen. What Jordan Walker is about to do.
5: Greg, one last thing. We're talking this morning about who we're intrigued about seeing in spring training, but because the Cardinals' right fielder, Nude Barr, left fielder, O'Neill, are going to be in the World Baseball Classic, along with Goldie, Arenado, Edmund, Michaelis, Wainwright. There are going to be a lot of at-bats in spring training for people that ordinarily wouldn't get them, aside from Walker, who we just talked about. And this includes Paul DeYoung, by the way. Who are you intrigued about seeing in spring training that you wouldn't have been able to see had there not been a WBC this year?
8: Well, I I think this guy was going to get at-bats anyway. Uh, But Mason Wynn, to me, is a guy that I I can't wait to see play in the big leagues. Uh, The Cardinals did not go get a shortstop for a reason, because they believe in their system, which is they're going to spend smart, smart money when they need to, a la Goldschmidt and uh, They're going to trade certain assets to get certain players when they need them. But if you're one of the creme de la creme young players in their farm system that they drafted and developed, they're holding on to you and they're going to make sure you get a shot in the big league. So I can't wait to see this kid who can throw hundred miles an hour flat footed. How is he bouncing around? Because you have to believe, and it all goes back between the years. Okay. Mm-hmm. He was sitting back knowing this free agent class and shortstops was historically talented. For this kid to sit there at home wondering, watching MLB tonight, you know, blowhards like Greg Hampson, you go, hey, they need to go get Trey Turner. They need to go get all these great shortstops that are available. And the Cardinals not make a move and tell him, no, you're our future guy. We're not going to go get these, these, pay these guys. You're our guy. I can't wait to see the swagger and confidence that Mason Wynn brings to spring training because from everything I'm being told, from John Mosaylock on down, everyone in his front office, they think he's the truth. They think he's the next star player. Everyone's talking about Jordan Walker. But let's watch what Mason Wynn does when he shows up to spring training because I think he's going to put on a show.
5: What was the highlight of your long weekend in St. Louis? Uh, I had a great
8: time. I really did. Uh, My dear friend, he's pretty banged up, man. It's tough to watch our friends, A, Get older. I mean, the gray hair is just falling out of these guys. Yeah, Unbelievable. Well, trust me. Um, I know. And, and yeah, <laughs> man Randy used to look great, man. And I get to hang out with you, which is always like a must. I got to hang out with my guy, Randy, because, unless like, it's weird, you know, people at MLB Network, they boost me up. No one tells me that I stink in life, right? But no one makes me feel like a rock star more than Randy Carroll. So I <laughs> love hanging out with him. He just—I mean—I I, I stick my chest out even further. I had a great time hanging out at my alma mater with all my buddies. I, it was a great time. I love going back to St. Louis, as you
5: all know. Finally, tell the guys up on the roof: don't drop anything that touches the hair. <laughs> I got a hard hat on right now. <laughs> I'm in my bedroom. I I'm in my bedroom. You guys are awesome. Have a great day, brother. Brother, you're the best. See you I later. See Take care. Take care. Love you, Greg. That's uh, the great Greg Amzinger joining us on 101 ESPN. And he said uh, the the top prospects list starts tonight on MLB Network. Coming up next, we're going to talk to – that was one of Alexa's former coworkers. We're going to talk to her current coworker, John Kelly, next on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. The Blues are in
5: Tempe, Arizona tonight in Arizona State's 5,000-seat arena. First time that the Blues and the Blues broadcast crew will see that facility. Alexa Datt, Randy and we go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, and our friend, the TV voice of the Blues, John Kelly, joins us now. J.K., good morning. How are you doing?
6: I'm doing well. How are you guys today?
5: Good. I want you to tell people about, as the inaugural voice of the Tampa Bay Lightning, what it was like broadcasting their games off the bat in that facility.
6: Well, they they played in a small arena called Expo Hall, which was on the Florida State Fairgrounds outside of Tampa Bay, and it was a, a building that seated about ten thousand folks or so. And um, you know, I think this arena, Randy, and talking to broadcasters, and as you said, we have not been here as of yet. It's it's like going to an American League or a college rink, where you know you're going to have a great vantage point. There's only five thousand folks in the rank, so. I'm looking forward to it. It should be a fun atmosphere, and from a broadcaster perspective, again, we're going to have an outstanding view for the game tonight from the press box.
0: John, in the Blues' previous road trips of three games or more, they were over 500 in four of them. What's going on with the Blues having so much success on the road and it not translating at home?
6: You know, Alexa, that is a great question. I mean, they just finished their seven-game homestand, as you know, and went three and four, and um, you know, disappointing losses to end the homestand, and obviously the Blues need points right now. They're six points out of a playoff spot. You know, I don't know. I I, I just think probably that the, the easiest answer would be that they don't complicate the game on the road, and they they play a more structured game. Um, and, you know, teams tend to do that over the years, and you know, at home you come you come off a road trip, and maybe you think that. You know, you're the 89 Oilers again or whatever, and you, you can run and gun, and the Blues aren't a run and gun team. So, you know, my only answer would be is perhaps that they play a more structured meat and potatoes type of game when they get on the road because, as you said, they've been a better road team. They have a winning record on the road. Conversely, they have a losing record at home. So it's, it's really hard to figure um, because they've had great support at home, but they just haven't played the same way as they have on the road.
5: John, you, you can agree or disagree. I just want to get your take on this. Uh, J.R. Jeremy Rutherford has a piece in The Athletic this morning in which Ryan O'Reilly says that he'd like to stick around. How much does leadership play a role in a team's ability to provide consistent effort? Do you, do you think that there's a level of accountability that's there when Ryan O'Reilly is in the room as the captain that might not be there when he's not? And might that contribute to slow starts and uh, inconsistency in effort?
6: Well, there's no question they miss O'Reilly, Randy. And you know, at one time they had eight players out with injury and now they have gotten a few back. They got three back in the last game. But yeah, they they miss him and but you know, you say that, Randy, and you know, he's only been out since New Year's Eve. And the Blues had slow starts before New Year's Eve mm-hmm. and they had them when he was in the lineup. So I don't I don't think there's really a parallel there to the slow starts, but you know, there's no question that you know, especially with Krug out and O'Reilly um, and Nabucci, neighbors just sideline. If your top players are gone, it hurts obviously. And and obviously the situation with Riley. I read the article that Jr. wrote. It was a good article. Um, it's it's obviously a tough time for Ryan right now. You know, with the broken foot and his contract situation. So I'd love to see him stay. He's been a tremendous player for this team and a great leader. But um, I guess to answer your question in a nutshell, there's no question that they miss his leadership on a daily basis.
0: JK, I know that there are a lot of question marks with this Blues team right now, but how about the exclamation point of Jordan Kyrou this season? It's really slow start to the season extremely puzzling Everyone was kind of scratching their head waiting for him to come into form now he has goals in three straight the fact that he has 23 goals eight more than any other player on the team he's really coming into his own in terms of a superstar what's his ceiling this season
6: well Alex I would think that you know they're, they're past the halfway point now right as you said he has 23 goals uh, you know he could be knocking on the, the 40 goal door this year right if he keeps on going and um early on as we know he was playing a little bit with O'Reilly on the top line, and then they moved him to, to Robert Thomas's line. And you know, for the most part, he's played there as good buddy. And and Robert is an elite passer, so yeah, it's it's. I think last year was his breakout year, and obviously had a great experience at the All Star game in Vegas when he won the skills competition for fastest skater. So, you know, what's his ceiling? I, I think he could be on a perennial basis, he could be a 40-goal, 90-point guy. And who knows? Maybe it could be higher than that, you know, depending on his teammates and, and things like that. But I, I think this year there's there's a decent chance he gets close to 40 goals, so that's outstanding.
5: Another player who has emerged, and it's always fun to see the St. Louis kids ascend, and Clayton Keller is going to be an all-star for Arizona. He's been arguably uh, their best forward this year. It's always fun to see those guys when you head out on the road, isn't John?
6: Yeah, Clayton's a good player. You know, 18 goals, 41 points, leads the team in in goals, assists, and points. And, um, you know, he's a lot like Jordan Cairo in that he's just a really fast, skilled guy. And, you know, he had a hat-trick last week in in a win, I believe, against Vegas. So, um, if you give him time and space like any skilled player, he'll burn you. So, you know, Arizona right now, though, Randy, is, is really struggling. Um, they've won only two games in their last 14. So, you know, like the last couple of games that the Blues played against um, Chicago and Buffalo, obviously Buffalo a lot better team than Chicago. But, you know, the Blues let some points slip away, and now they're on a big three-game road trip. And it gets tougher after this, as we know. They go to Colorado on Saturday, and then they wrap up the trip Monday in Winnipeg. So um, they need to take care of business and, and get back on the winning track and get some points here. Uh, but obviously, as you said, Keller is the main guy right now that you've got to slow down. J.K., always good to
5: hear your voice. Thanks so much for the time. We do appreciate it, and we'll be tuned in tonight okay thanks randy thanks alexa you bet that is john kelly tv voice of the blues here on 101 espn by the way a cold snap. it got down to 30 degrees in phoenix last night uh high today of 62 doesn't get up into the seven they've got a high of 57 next tuesday alexa i'm looking for a 70 degree day the the next time it even gets close next saturday a week from saturday february 4th it gets to 69 degrees not that we wouldn't take it but normally this year this time of year phoenix scottsdale i want it to be 75.
0: it's kind of nice though because if you're on that blues road trip they're going to some really cold weather spots yeah.
5: start here right
0: so the fact that they get like a little bit warmer weather even though it's still cold they don't have to pack for like mm-hmm. super extremes
5: which is good yeah uh are you going to take it easy on me with the fight coming up
0: oh we'll see randy
5: okay we do have a fighter or we need a fighter We need a fighter, so text in right now, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO, and the fight is coming your way next on 101 ESPN. You're
1: back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight in the red corner, Average Joe listener.
0: Opening drive here on 101 ESPN, hosted by Randy Carricker and Carrie Davis. CD has the day, taking some time to do something. I am Alexa Datt, filling in from Bally Sports, and it is my favorite segment, ladies and gentlemen. You know why I love this segment so much, Rockyo? It's because I get to watch Randy flex. Yeah, you appreciate excellence on everyone. He does that. That listens. Yeah, make sure his machine. I mean, ready. the fighter more so than anyone else. When Michelle Smallman was here. She was a champion of the people. She was. I am not that way. No, you're not. I am not as nice as Michelle is. Yeah. She is a sweetheart. We're both blonde, we both talk sports, but that's where the similarities end. Some would call, some would
7: call you a frontrunner.
0: I am for Randy, by Randy, <laughs> and with Randy.
7: Always until the day. Wow. Nick, how does that make you feel? Well, you
8: know, uh, everybody loves an underdog here, so I, I guess everybody like to, but, I left the butt, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm just tearing down my confidence there, don't you?
0: Underdogs are for second place, Nick, wow. okay? That's, I'm here for to be a winner. I'm here to take, I'm, I'm running run with the champions in the parade, okay? Uh, but no, so happy to have you. Good morning. How's our confidence level today?
8: Well, it was pretty good. Now it's,
0: uh, we'll see. <laughs> Ask me in about three minutes. Leave it to me to to boost you up, to build you up, Nick. That's, that's my job. All right, let's get into it. Four questions here for the fight. Obviously, uh, we have the options available if you would like the options. So we're going to start with question number one. Hey, happy birthday to Bob Uecker. He is a young 89 years old on this Thursday. Euchre played for both Milwaukee and Atlanta and won a World Series with the Cardinals. What other NL club, Nick, did he play for during his six-year playing career? Was it A, Cincinnati, B, Montreal, or C, Philadelphia?
5: Montreal.
7: All right. Nick, who is the last defensive player to win the Super Bowl MVP? Is it Von Miller, Dexter Jackson, or Aaron Donald? Uh
3: Von Miller.
0: All right, question three. Who are the only two Cardinals to lead the NL in batting average multiple times in their Cardinals career? Is it Rogers Hornsby and Stan Musial? Stan Musial and Albert Pujols, or Joe Medwick and Stan usual.
3: Uh, can you
8: repeat it one more time for me?
0: The only two Cardinals to lead the NL in batting average multiple times in their Cardinals career. Hornsby and unusual
7: Musial and Pujols, or Medwick and usual. Hornsby and unusual? And happy birthday to the great one, Wayne Gretzky. From 1980 through 1991, Wayne Gretzky won 9 of 11 Art Ross trophies as the NHL total points leader. Who won the other two in that 11-year span? Was that Mark Messier, Steve Iserman, or Mario Lemieux? I
8: think it has to be Messier, right? I'll go with
7: him. All right, we will double-check our score today for Nick, and we will bring in Randy Carriker.
0: All right, Nick, how you feeling as we welcome Randy back onto the show?
8: I feel great. You know, I feel really good. So.
0: I, I, you know what? I'm loving this confidence. This is early morning here on a Thursday, and you are bringing it. You're bringing the, it. The, just the, the control in your voice, I feel like. Uh, you're letting everyone know you are showing up and showing out.
8: Well, I've, I've had my coffee. I'm good to go.
0: That's right. Okay. Randy, welcome back. Thank you. How are you feeling today, Randy?
5: I feel pretty darn good, thank Say you.
0: Say hi to your Listen. opponent, Nick.
5: Hi, Nick. Good morning. How are you doing?
8: I'm well,
0: Randy. Thank
5: you. Thank you very much for listening, and thanks for checking in and playing. We appreciate it.
0: So Nick had his coffee. He's feeling pretty good. He good. answered the questions that we are going to now give to you, Randy. Question and, and by and- the
5: way, we, we should have a warning here, because we don't know. I, I spilled a drink on the machine, the play- so if I win you may not hear what uh
4: hold on (laughs) this is under review if i lose i'm I'm so So, (laughs) we don't know
5: we don't know if this thing's gonna work or not so we'll we might press a button and nothing happens we'll see
8: (laughs) I love it.
0: But I might not win. Cool. cool. Well, that, that's not going to happen. Uh, question number one. <laughs> okay. Ha- <laughs> Happy birthday to Bob Uecker. Uecker played for both Milwaukee and Atlanta, won a World Series with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. What other NL club did he play for during his six-year playing career, Randy?
5: I believe after playing for Milwaukee and was the other team for the Milwaukee and was that the Braves both of them?
0: Was it, Milwaukee uh, and Atlanta.
5: Milwaukee and Atlanta Braves. Mm-hmm. Cardinals. And I believe his other team was the Phillies.
7: Alright Randy who was the last defensive player to win the Super Bowl MVP?
5: Okay. So the first was Chuck Howley, And then you've had Larry Brown. And you've had Malcolm Smith. And you've had Dexter Jackson. The last one, I believe, was when the Denver Broncos beat Seattle, and I think Von Miller may have won the Super Bowl MVP.
0: Okay, question number three. Who are the only two Cardinals to lead the NL in batting average multiple times in their Cardinals' career? Okay, Rogers so- Hornsby and Stan Muswell. Oh, hold on. Oh, no, you can't give oh, me that. Sorry. It's okay. The words but that's probably,
5: well, I'll just <laughs> use that as my lifeline. Um, because that was the first two hitters that came to mind for me. Um, because of recent vintage, like Albert, I think only won the National League batting title once. Um, Hernandez only won it once. Didn't really have anybody that was a like Brock never won one. I'm just going back in history. Those... I, I will, uh, I think I feel pretty safe with Musial and Hornsby, so we'll just use that as a lifeline.
7: All right, and happy birthday to the great one, Wayne Gretzky. From 1980 through 91, Wayne Gretzky won 11, nine of 11 Art Ross trophies as the NHL total points leader, who won the other two in that 11 year
5: span. This is from 80 to 91, you said? 80 to 91. There's only one possibility, isn't there? It's got to be Super Mario, Mario Lemieux. Mario Lemieux. I think he's the only other guy to get 200 points in a season other than Gretz. Number 99, the great one. I've been getting a lot of uh, we've been getting a lot of text
7: about the this the, the, the fight being too easy. Uh-huh. It was a tough one today, I thought. And was that enough for Nick to overcome Randy Carricker? or does the winning streak continue to roll on and do I have to keep finding harder <laughs> questions? Ring that bell. Go crazy, folks.
2: Crazy! The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is driven by mobile. On the Run. Join the On the Run STL Wash Club for a limited time offer of $5 a month. Download the app
7: today. Just win, baby. And there it is. Nick, I'm very sorry. Randy got the jack today and he beat you four 4-2. You put up a good fight and a tough fight, but unfortunately Randy character is Mega Mind. That's why they call him well, that's why they call him Mind.
0: <laughs> Nick, I want to hey. say, I'm an ultimate heel as I come in, just uh, swooping in here, giving Randy the answers. Not that he needed them, but hey, that's okay. my you're, you're, bad you're, on that question. Hey, you'll get my protest uh, letter <laughs> in the mail. So this, will, this, will, this will be under
7: review. This will
5: be under review.
0: Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll see how. Nick, many. two out of four, though. Yeah. I, that's pretty impressive. I will say, you did. You did. You came strong Thanks. on this Thursday. Thanks.
7: We'll, we'll, we'll check the justice for Nick Tex in the text line. Let's go through the answers. It is the Philadelphia Phillies. He starts with the, the Milwaukee Braves, goes to the Cardinals, wins a World Series, goes to the Phillies, and then closes out his career with the Atlanta Braves. But it is the Philadelphia Phillies, the odd one out there. The last defensive player to win the Super Bowl MVP is Von Miller in Super Bowl 50. It goes Von Miller, Malcolm Smith, and, um, and then I think you have to Dexter go back. To, and, then, and then you have to go all the way back to Dexter Jackson for another defensive player, <laughs> who are the only two Cardinals to lead the NL in batting average multiple times in their Cardinals career. It is Rogers Hornsby, and Stan Musial. There are some people in the text line complaining, listen, Willie McGee was leading the NL in batting average when he got traded in 1990, but Baseball Almanac and Major League Baseball list Eddie Matthews with a three thirty average as the batting king of the NL in 1990. There were some people who had, had Eddie Matthews. issue. Yeah, people not, are upset not, by no, that. No, sorry, not, not, not Eddie Matthews, who was... Um... Uh, Eddie Murray, Eddie Murray, Eddie, Eddie Murray. Murray. Sorry, not Eddie Matthews, my bad.
5: Because um, so yeah, <laughs> Willie didn't... Well, I think he had enough I bats to win the National League batting title, though. Uh, I-
7: under under baseball reference Major League and baseball almanac they all listed Eddie Murray as the 1990 champ so that was that was that was a, some issue for the texters but Randy got the answer I had which is uh, horns being usual. and then it was of course Super Mario Lemieux who won it in 87-88 and 88-89 the only two out of that 11 year run and of course there's another Gretzky one in there and some more Mario ones as well so a 4-2 win for Randy Carriker Nick thank you so much for joining the fight and thank you so much for joining the show today alright guys have a good one you too Nick Bye!
0: Congratulations, Randy. And you got your sound in. You didn't it ruin works. the board, even though we spilled some hot chocolate on it. Yeah. Just a little
5: bit. I'm very happy. You're
0: good. Congrats. Sure. Good.
5: It's a good win. It's a good win. Good win, Randy. I Thank mean,
0: you. was there any doubt? Not for me. There's always a doubt.
7: If you mean, could, you like,
5: never know. If you could just like, throw
7: one and win three to two, that'd, that'd be helpful for me, Randy. Does, this is what
0: he does, man. This He just sleeps, eats, breathes. This is the fight comes in
5: (laughs) ready to go that's Alexa I'm Randy coming up our buddy Ross Tucker of the Ross Tucker NFL podcast one of our faves is next on 101 ESPN
2: you're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers
5: Alexa Datt of Valley Sports is in for Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. It is the opening drive on 101 ESPN. We have both championship games on Sunday, pregame at one o'clock for the Eagles and the 49ers, followed by the Chiefs and the Bengals. And we head to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Our friend Ross Tucker of the Ross Tucker NFL podcast joins us. Ross will be on the call of that Eagles 49ers game. Good morning, sir. How you doing? I'm doing awesome, Randy. How about yourself? Everything's great here in St. Louis. Really looking forward to these games. And as far as I'm concerned, I think we do have the two best teams in the NFC and the two best teams in the AFC. Do you agree?
4: Yeah, I mean, I really only thought there were six teams that you could make an argument, could win the Super Bowl, the four that are playing this weekend, and the Bills and the Cowboys. And so, yeah, I think uh, they proved it. And I think I probably the way the end of the year went, thought that these were the four best teams. I I thought it'd be a tough road, certainly for the Cowboys, to win three road playoff games. And I thought the Bengals and Bills were about even. I was on the sideline for that game and pretty surprised with the ease with which the Bengals won that game was not expecting that.
5: And it was a weekend where the big guys won and the big guys are going to they always you're a big guy so you get it. They they play a role. We tend to I think as a football society focus in too much on the quarterbacks, but that being said, the Eagles are 15 and 1 when Jalen Hurts is starting games for him.
4: No question. He's played very well. You know, they just have such a good team, Randy. I mean, you know, I grew up outside of Philadelphia, and even though they never wanted me and I never played for them, um, I grew up a big fan, and this is the best Eagles team I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean they'll win it. They could very easily lose on Sunday to the Niners, and, you know, it's not a seven-game series. This isn't baseball. Um, If it were, I I think the Eagles would probably win the whole thing, but it's a one-game scenario. But, I mean, Randy, they have essentially 18 of their 22 starters are pro bowlers or pro bowl alternate players. I mean, that's just nuts. Uh, they, they just have, it seems like every move they made in the offseason worked. Hurts improved so much more than anybody, anybody thought he would to the point where he's an MVP finalist. It's just kind of one of those years where everything's come together.
0: Ross, so you heard all the, uh, Uh, Odds, obviously, for the Eagles in terms of, you know, the fact that they're favored in this game from Randy. So if you're the 49ers, what do you need to do to win this game? What's the biggest X factor that's going to change the fortunes and make the 49ers come out on top?
4: Yeah, I think more than anything else is just run the ball. And I know that sounds like cliche or whatever, but if you look at the games the Eagles lost, I mean – They lost the Cowboys, but they lost the turnover battle by three, and the Cowboys put up 40 points. The other two, though, the Saints game and the Commanders game, they actually lost both those games at home. And the Saints and Commanders both did a really good job of possessing the football. They ran it. They held on to the ball. It ate a lot of time off the clock. Terrific job, you know, keeping the Eagles offense on the sideline. I really think the Niners have to play with a lead and run the ball effectively. The Niners aren't really designed to come from behind. You know, all their stuff is run and play action and bootleg. If they get down by a couple scores and have to go to more of a, more of a drop back passing game, that is, that is problematic. Ross Tucker of the Ross
5: Tucker NFL Podcast with us on 101 ESPN Hey Ross, I grew up here in St. Louis And one of my heroes, kind of a a weird hero to have But it was Jim Hannafin And I I loved the offensive lines from the old Big Red And then from the greatest show on turf that he coached So I'm a devotee of having great offensive lines That game that you're doing And and you talked a little bit about Cincinnati We'll get to them in a moment But how about the two offensive lines That are going to be going in the NFC Championship game?
4: Yeah, I mean, the Eagles have the best offensive line in the NFL. It's just nuts. I mean, the right tackle and center are both Hall of Fame caliber players and Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. They've just had ridiculous careers. They're both still in their 30s, first-team All-Pro, which is pretty incredible. And then, you know, the left guard, Landon Dickerson, to go to the Pro Bowl. He's only in his second year. He is a mover of men. And the left tackle, Jordan Mailata, right guard, Isaac Sayamalo, both really good players as well. I mean, they're both Pro Bowl alternates. Um, They're massive. They work well together. You know, they're pretty healthy right now. Um, They're just uh, – and they got a terrific coach too, to your point, Randy, and Jeff Stoutland, who's done an awesome job for almost a decade now in Philadelphia, but in particular with this group.
0: Ross, as we move over to the AFC Championship game and the Bengals and Chiefs, I know a lot of Chiefs fans held their breath when they saw Patrick Mahomes twist his ankle. And, you know, limping, obviously, as he came back, got better as the game went on. I know he was full practice today, but how much will this injury impact his ability to play this weekend?
4: Yeah, I mean, nobody really knows. You know, um, he tried to confidently walk down the steps after his press conference yesterday They're saying he's, you know, full go at practice, but even watching him go down those steps, he's not 100%. You could tell he he was putting a little more weight on that left leg as he went down the steps, and he was, like, concentrating to try to not do it that much. I think he's going to have a tough time really running around, which is what makes him so special. It's why I leaned Cincinnati in that game. I think it's hard in life. To make somebody do something they're not. And you're going to ask Mahomes to primarily be a pocket passer if you're the Chiefs. And he can do that, but that's not what makes him special. Uh, That's not what makes him, I think, the best quarterback in the NFL. And I think it's going to hurt him.
5: Hey, Ross, the – Bengals were missing more than half of the offensive line that they expected to have when they started the season. Why were the Bengals able to succeed so much offensively, especially in the running game against Buffalo?
4: Well, I do think their O-line coach, Frank Pollock, deserves a lot of credit. Um, and those guys, the players, played well. Carmen and Sharping and uh, Adeniji coming off the bench as backups. But they also... I mean, Burrow gets rid of the ball so quickly. He's really starting to remind me of like a, a Peyton Manning, Tom Brady type, that it feels like he is beating the opponent with his brain. He knows where to go with the ball, where he's going to go with the ball, you know, like 75% of the time before he even snaps it.
5: He's remarkable. It's there's uh, He gets compared to so many people, but with that particular trait that you're talking about, We saw Kurt Warner at his best. Kurt had that, too. He knew where he was going to go before the ball was snapped.
4: Absolutely. And that's, I mean, it's so funny because, you know, you think of football and you think big, strong, physical, violent, and it's all those things. But, man, I don't care what business you're in in life, the the brain still kind of trumps all. And I think that Burrow is proving that. Hey,
5: Ross, before we let you go, Valentine's Day is coming up, and I know there's a lot of guys saying, man, I we, we've done the jewelry thing. We do the flowers every year. I need to come up with something fun and unique for my
4: significant other. Got any ideas for us? Yes, I do. And Randy, you of all people would love this. It's called MyFrontPageStory.com. You talk to one of their writers for, I don't know, five minutes while you're driving home from work or whatever about your wife, tell them how great She is, they write the most beautiful story. Looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper. It's framed, has pictures of her or you and her or you and her and the kids or whatever. And it's just so cool when you hand it to her, she'll open it up. She won't even know what it is. She'll be like, what is this? And just to be able to say, Randy, hey, honey, I want to do something special for you. So I had a story written about you. That just sounds like the most romantic unique gift like you wait wait you had a story written about me? And then she actually reads the quotes where it's like, I just never thank her enough for all the little things she does for me and the kids. Like I, I've seen a bunch of videos now, Randy. They cry pretty much every time. <laughs> like happy tears. Like like it 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 really is an amazingly you know, especially with um it seems like the older people are, the more they love like the newspaper. So to to be able to read it in print, it's just extremely powerful. Highly recommend it. Myfrontpagestory.com. Myfrontpagestory.com. Follow Ross Tucker on Twitter.
5: He is a great follow at Ross Tucker NFL. Always great to have you on the show, Ross. Thanks so much, and we'll be listening to you here on our air on Sunday for the Eagles and the Niners.
4: Sounds great! Thanks for
5: having me, Randy. Great talk with you guys. See you soon. Take care. That's our buddy Ross Tucker, and uh, former NFL player. And as you heard, he is as bright and as uh, knowledgeable of an NFL guest as you can have.
0: Oh yeah, I learned a lot. I'm excited. Now I can uh, take my wagers and base them off of what Ross told us. Yeah,
5: yeah. So it's it is fun for me, and I I, I sound like I'm a like an old non-quarterback guy. I love the quarterback play. I just don't think the big guys, especially now, get enough credit for you what love they those do. Lines. love. <laughs> and so my very first job in professional my first full-time night in professional radio, I was do I was producing sports up in line for Dan Dierdorf, Hall of Famer. And Dan would always when we were talking football, not always, but on a regular basis, say this thing is all about your big guys beating their big guys. Mm. That's what, it, if your big guys beat their big guys, you're generally going to win the game. So, Randy, do you also
0: like the PK? Are you a big fan of penalty kills?
5: When it works, <laughs> 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 like that's
0: the biggest comp, you know? It's just like something yeah. that's like, yeah, kind yeah, of. You got to cool. watch it. It's great.
5: Yeah. So, it's, it's,
0: it gets overlooked PK. constantly. Exactly. And you're,
5: you're zeroing in on it. I appreciate that. Yeah. Hey, coming up here on 101 ESPN. Last year, Goldie and Auto were awesome. Should we expect the same from them in 2022? That's coming your way with Alexa and Randy on The Opening Drive on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to The Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
1: Randy and Carrie break down the biggest story of the day on The Opening Drive. It's time for Today's Big Thing.
5: 904 in St. Louis, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, and officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Alexa Dat in for Carrie Davis. I'm Randy Carriker. And Alexa, you, pretty much every day last year, and I, pretty much every morning in, in reacting to it, we got a chance to watch an historical season. Not only Albert Pujols, but the quality that was delivered on a pretty much daily basis by Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. Goldie first in the MVP voting, Arenado in the third. And Occasionally, we'll get a text that says, sure, you you can get Tyler O'Neill back. And sure, Dylan Carlson can improve. But all they're going to be doing is making up for the decline of Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado because they're in their 30s and there's no way that they could do what they did last year. And Matthew was wondering, well, why not? Because essentially, those guys delivered what they're career averages, pretty close to what their career averages are. I don't think it's unreasonable. Now, Goldie had a transcendent year, right? But I don't think it's unreasonable for him to give his career numbers, which are a slash line of 294, 391, 523 for a 914 OPS. That's his career OPS and a career OPS plus of 142. Do you think that would be outrageous to think that he could give you those sorts of numbers, by the way, 31 homers, 103 RBIs, if we want to go with some of the counting numbers.
0: Absolutely not. And when you look at the past couple of seasons that these guys have put together, I mean, Goldie is always in the MVP conversation. I don't see that slowing down anytime soon. And the fact that he's one MVP, what makes anyone think that this is all of a sudden going to be a giant shelf where he's going to drop off? The guy has figured out baseball at an elite level, and he does have that baseball IQ where he can study tape But he can also make adjustments in game. And he can bounce things off of his teammates. And it comes from all different sorts of angles for him. He's not a uh, one-dimension type of player where he just studies tape and goes out there. I know several of those guys. Cardinals have him in the clubhouse. And not that that's a bad thing. Sometimes it works for some of those players. For Goldie, he uses all the different facets in order to make his game work. And he's going to continue to do that.
5: Isn't it interesting that he's a guy that, really makes a strong effort to live in the moment. yeah, And that includes making the necessary adjustments in game in at bat to be the best that he can be. Like you said, some people watch the tape and they've got one approach during the course of a game. Goldie can have multiple approaches depending on how he is swinging the bat and what pitcher is in there and how that pitcher is performing. And Arenado came pretty close last year. Now, Nolan's career OPS is 880. Last year he had an 891. His career counting numbers 35 and 113. Those are his numbers between 2013-21 for 162 games. 35 homers, 113 RBIs. Last year he had 30 and 103. I I would anticipate that he'll be pretty close to 30 and 103 with the uh, 891 OPS again in 2023.
0: And the reason that I also believe it is because Both of these guys are constantly striving for greatness and baseball players tend to stick to a routine, something that works. And when it works, they ride that as long as possible. But for Goldie, It's been working for a really long time, and he's still willing to not only switch up his game, but switch up his equipment, Right, which is very interesting, too. So you got the puck bat all of a sudden coming in and using that and having so much success with it. So he's willing to, after, what, 12 years in the league, make minor adjustments and, and then major adjustments, too, to the things that he's using and bringing to the game. That, to me, says there's still other levels that he can unlock.
5: So you and I are on the same page here, that those two, the two best cardinal hitters, we can reasonably expect that they're going to be pretty close to their career numbers. I expect Wilson Contreras to be very good and close to his career numbers. 25 homers, uh, OPS of 850 plus. So give me another impact hitter that wasn't an impact hitter for the Cardinals in 2022 that will be in 2023, whether it was he, because he wasn't there or he just wasn't effective.
0: Tyler O'Neill. I do have a lot of faith in Tyler O'Neill. I think that there's a lot left there and he's got the work ethic. he's got the skill, he's got the baseball IQ. it's putting it all together and being healthy and maybe easing off of you know things that in the past haven't worked for him and buying into the, the system a little bit more. but overall, I think that you're going to see some really great things and we and because we have seen them, I know he's able to achieve it. Um, it it's got to be the season for O'Neill.
5: I'm going to go with Dylan Carlson. Okay. And until Dylan Carlson proves to me that he can't do it, I'm going to believe. But I think Dylan's a guy. He grew up with his dad as his coach, Mm -hmm. and they just played ball. They went out, it was see the ball, hit the ball, and he was a really good hitter. And John Moselak came on our show a couple of years ago and described Jeff Albert's approach as a high-level curriculum. Not that Dylan is a stupid guy, but I do think that Dylan will fit better with a hitting coach like Turner Ward, whose philosophy, as stated on our air, is to every day do gooder. Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. so it's just find a way to get better every single day. It doesn't have to be a ton of video or analytics. It can be whatever it is that makes you comfortable to get better every day. Does he need to get better left-handed? Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. But does he have the skill to get better? Yes. And his OPS, I think he had a 937 OPS when he got hurt last year, right at the first of June. Mm -hmm. I think he's closer to A 900 OPS guy than a 630 OPS guy I think that's what he'll wind up now I I would be very happy if he had an 850 if he would get on base 38% of the time slug 490 or something like that I'd be very happy
0: and for Dylan Carlson he had that wrist injury I mean for any offensive player the wrist is going to be a problem especially for a center fielder so if that's healthy I think the sky's the limit for him
5: so we have the two stars we have Contreras. You have O'Neill, which is going to happen. I have Carlson, which is going to happen. We know Edmund is going to be fine. We know that Brendan Donovan is going to replicate what he did. Lars Zubar might be the all-breakout all player in all of baseball in 2023. Uh, so, like, Ross Tucker was talking about eighteen of the twenty-two starters on the Eagles being basically all pros or all pro alternates. Yeah, sounds to me like the Cardinals have 80 all all-stars. That uh, Alexa in their starting lineup.
0: I agree, and I think that Wilson Contreras is going to get better offensively because he's around Goldie and Arenado, and he already is an outstanding offensive mm-hmm. player. But I think there's a lot that he can learn from those guys because the two of them teach each other things about baseball on a daily basis. So they also impart that, that wisdom on their teammates. And
5: if, he'll benefit from that. If you're with the Cardinals and live the Cardinal culture, it's almost impossible to not improve because everybody is, it's amazing to talk to the young players, say like Dylan Carlson, yeah, I can go to Goldie and talk to him about anything. I can ask him a hitting question, and we can talk for a half hour about one thing. If you're willing to take advantage of the knowledge that's there, the knowledge is incredible.
0: And you might see Yadier Molina or Albert Pujols in spring mm-hmm. training, you know, giving their knowledge to some of those younger guys, too. So they're, they're always around the system, still helping out.
5: Yeah, should be fun. Should yep. be, uh, if nothing else, even if they aren't great, it, it's going to be a compelling season. Oh, for right? sure. There's a, Even though we had all the fun things last year, Watching the young guys, and we haven't even mentioned in this particular segment, Walker, I always like watching a team grow up. And this team is going to do some growing up this year. Especially
0: because they're homegrown. That's Mm -hmm. the best part.
5: Right. Last year, and we'll close it out here, there was a point in the season in August, I think, where the Cardinals had 18 of 26 of their players were homegrown, which was more than any other team in baseball.
0: It's very impressive, and watching all these rookies who were called up this year and how successful they were, I mean, it's pretty unprecedented in
5: baseball. Yeah, a lot of debuts and a lot of quality performances from those guys last year. That's Alexa, I'm Randy, and this is The Opening Drive on 101 ESPN. Jeremy Rutherford has a great piece up at The Athletic. He talked to Ryan O'Reilly yesterday. We're going to find out what he thinks that Ryan's going to do next on 101 ESPN.
2: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
1: It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN.
8: Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go.
5: Let's Nats Valley Sports joining us today and tomorrow because Carrie is coaching in an all-star game, an NFLPA all-star game in Los Angeles and Kerry will be back with us next week. So Alexa and I go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line and our buddy Jeremy Rutherford our Blues insider from The Athletic joins us on 101 ESPN and we didn't get to say this on the air, Jeremy, but uh, belated happy birthday to son Eli. How was his birthday?
3: Oh thanks, yeah, 10 years old. He had a good one the other day. Uh, He uh, went to the Blues game and then was able to uh, come home and open up a, a set of golf clubs. Randy, actually listening to you talk about uh, you know getting them started early and getting the kids out on the course uh, kind of drove me uh, to get up to the golf discount and buy a set of clubs. And now he's excited; he's going to get out there swinging. Awesome!
0: Yeah, happy birthday, bladed birthday to to your son. That's awesome, Jr. We were reading the first line of your article when you sat down and spoke with Ryan O'Reilly and it gave me chills so for those who haven't either read the article which you should go do on The Athletic or weren't listening earlier I'm going to read it Uh, it just stood out to me so much so it starts as Ryan O'Reilly takes a seat at the Centene Community Ice Center on Wednesday afternoon he's wearing a St. Louis Blues shirt and a protective boot on his broken right foot you wonder how much longer he'll be wearing both, which could go hand in hand. I and mean, it gives me chills. Walk us through this conversation with Ryan O'Reilly.
3: Yeah, we're actually uh, sitting down yesterday at Centene. I'm working on a couple stories with Ryan. We're going to look back at that trade that brought him to St. Louis and interview a lot of people that were involved in that trade. And you know, while I had him yesterday, uh, we were talking about his future, and he walks in the room, and you know, here he comes with, like I said, that St. Louis Blues T shirt and then also the protective boot, and you just think, gosh, we're a few weeks away from the trade deadline, a month away from the trade deadline. Is this guy, the face of the franchise, the Con Smythe winner, brought a Stanley Cup to St. Louis? Is he going to be here in a few weeks? And I think that this talk obviously would have happened uh, regardless, uh, but now I think there's a little bit of uh, a doubt on both sides because. Uh, You have the injury, the broken foot. Now he's recovering. Teams are going to be paying attention to him when he comes back. What does he look like? And are they going to be ponying up a first-round pick, perhaps? What Doug Armstrong is going to be asking. And if they're not, does Doug Armstrong make a trade? And and I think then when you sit down and you talk to Ryan Alexa and he says they've also had some dialogue about a contract extension – that throws another variable into it. So I think that there's a lot of things going on with Ryan O'Reilly and that's kind of what captured me as I sat down with him yesterday. Here's a guy that you wonder in a few weeks a month if he'll have that same Blues t-shirt on.
5: JR. one of the quotes from the piece that I thought was interesting, and he's an athlete so I get it, but he, he said, I still believe in myself that I can be a very impactful player. I hope I'm here and we have success for many years to come. But does he need to be a top six guy, or is he a guy that you could envision him being a, a bottom six guy in the th- maybe the third and fourth years of a deal?:
3: Yeah, that's the key there, Randy. You said it there at the end is I think it'd be in the later stages of a deal if hypothetically he signed a three or four-year deal. I don't think that you're going to sign O'Reilly to a four-year deal, you know, pay him, let's just say five million dollars and make him a third line center starting, you know, next season. I think it's going to be a situation where he would still be in the top six along with a Robert Thomas. You'd probably still have Braden Shen on that left side. And then you would just let his production kind of dictate where he goes. And I think that's why it's a big question for the Blues in terms of how long do you go with that contract extension? Do you want to be paying Ryan O'Reilly, as I mentioned, five million dollars to be a third line center in a few years ago a few years? You know, somebody mentioned to me last night that you paid Tyler Bozak three times five. He was making $5 million. He was a third-line center uh, looking pretty good mm-hmm. for you. And I think we, we can all agree that Ryan O'Reilly probably uh, you know, is, is a player that uh, brings you more than Tyler Bozak even. So I, I think that's possible, yeah.
5: By the way, JR, I look at every single team – that has a chance to make the playoffs, and I mentioned this earlier to Alexa, there isn't a team in the league that Ryan O'Reilly wouldn't help defensively. Regardless of who you are, if you get into a playoff series, there is nobody better. He's at least tied for first in terms of shutting down the opponent's number one center.
3: A hundred percent. And that's the, the part of his game that he still brings. And that was a part of the conversation yesterday that we were having. I said, hey, look, you know, people out of town... They see your numbers, Ryan. They call me, you know, text me, what's going on with uh, Ryan O'Reilly? And I say, yeah, you look at the assists, six assists. I can't make any excuses for that. The production is down from Ryan O'Reilly. But here's a guy who can defend with the best of them. He won a Selkie. Uh, he can be that player, and he wants to be that player. He wants to be on the PK. So you look around the league and you see all these talented teams. You can look at Toronto. You can look at some of these others. they got a ton of skill, and they can do that. But do they have a player on their team like Ryan O'Reilly who – prioritizes that type of leadership and playing that way defensively. And, and I look around the league and I don't see that. So I agree with you that he could definitely step in and help just about any team in the league with that.
0: Jr. furthering the conversation about the Blues defense, and we could take this several different ways, but I know you tried to get to the bottom of this answer when you were in the locker room interviewing not only the players, but then during Craig Berube's media availability why are the Blues giving up so many slot shots to the opposition? Why? What? What? What's yeah. going wrong <laughs> that that is the case?
3: It's just incredible. And, Alexa, you guys always have great stats at, at Bellies. And, you know, I'm watching the game and I see, you know, slot shots or where the Blues rank or, uh, you know, your analysts will bring it up. And, and it intrigues me. And, and so I go look at these numbers and, and I looked at them the other night. They're just incredible. And And you watch the game. And nobody is in the middle of the ice. And what stuck out to me going in the locker room the other night is it was the first thing out of Braden Shen and Tori Krug's mouth. The first thing Braden Shen said, slots wide open. Krug said, slots wide open. You know, I asked uh, Justin Falk, I said, how can that be? And he said, a lot of times when you have a turnover, the players skate away from the middle of the ice they'll skate towards the walls they're anticipating a pass and then the blues are turning the puck over and then now all of a sudden the slot is open because everybody vacated it well, that's that's definitely a great logic uh you know that justin falk said uh, but that's not the case for all the open slot shots so for whatever reason the blues just have not just done a good job protecting that middle and and it, the thing is when i watch it you look out on the ice and it's not like there's a guy five feet away. There might be a guy 10 feet away and he's watching, he's puck watching. So I don't have a great answer for you. It's just, I don't recall ever covering a team that left it so wide open. J.R., you and I,
5: in our uh, media careers, we had such great fortune to speak pretty much every day to Bob Plager and learn the sport from Bob Plager, who simplified it for us. If there's one guy that could use Bob Plager right now is Colton Pareco isn't it? He needs to simplify his game.
3: Yeah, he definitely does. It was tough to watch the other night, and I do realize that uh, he's kind of been the, the poster boy uh, for for that stuff this season, uh, but I think it's, it's tough to look the other direction when you're watching him play. Uh, you know, I, I realize that you see the size, you see the shot, and you think, use it, use it, use it. Well, you know, there's nobody... Uh, maybe Bob Plager, who could go in and sit in a room with him and draw that out of him. I don't know. Uh, But even if he's not going to do that stuff, he has to be more aware and more responsible and, as you said, simplify his game. That's a perfect example, Randy, of what you're saying on that fourth goal by Buffalo the other night. The turnover comes in the neutral zone. He picks up the puck. He takes it up the wall. He's got a couple guys in front of him, and he doesn't get it deep. Mm-hmm. It's, turn, it's turned over. It's back the other way, and Tage Thompson makes it 4 enough, and you end up coming back and making a game out of it. So it's hard to say that a 4-0 goal was the killer, but it actually, in this case, turned out to be. And there's a simple, simple play, easy for me to say, I get it, get the puck deep, and that goal doesn't happen. So I do think, uh, yeah, he could probably benefit from Mr. Plager <laughs> talking to him.
0: J.R., with the NHL trade deadline on the horizon, obviously uh, several different rumors being swirled around. You've got Ryan O'Reilly, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, Bortuzzo, Grice being thrown in there as well. If you had to make a prediction right now as of January 26th, how many players from the Blues are moved at the deadline, do you believe?
3: Are you trying to tell me there's a lot of rumors going around?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You must be working overtime,
3: huh? (laughs) Oh, you can't go anywhere. You can't go anywhere without getting a text from somebody, hey, did you see this one? Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. You know, I do think, you know, depending on what happens with this uh, Ryan O'Reilly situation, he says he wants to come back. And like I said, there's been some dialogue there. I could see a lot of players moved. I really could. Like, this situation isn't getting any better. I don't see. And I know that Doug Armstrong... Is going to take it very seriously, and he's going to want to get this thing in some sort of motion, one way or another. And probably the way to do that is to move uh, several of these unrestricted free agents, uh, you know, including a Nikola and a Barbashev. So, so we'll see. You know, I, I don't want to say there's time, uh, but there is some time. This stuff tends to not happen until closer to the deadline. The Blues have this long break coming up, so if I were to try to. Uh, guess what, Doug Armstrong was going to be going to do. I, I think that there's going to be more moves than fewer moves.
5: Hey, Jr. Last thing. You retweeted, you can follow JR on the Twitter machine at J.P. Rutherford, but you retweeted our mutual friend General Wilson, who is the best anthem singer in America, lives out in St. Charles County, and he's done a lot of games over the years. He's done a lot of playoff NFL games over the years, and you just retweeted that he's headed back to Kansas City to sing the anthem for the AFC Championship game. We've had we we've had him at Enterprise Center. We had him at the Dome a lot for the Rams. He's as good as it gets, so General Wilson Wilson is uh, sticking with the big time.
3: Yeah, he really is. And, you know, Charles Glenn is a legend in this town. But when General Wilson ever uh, steps to that mic, you get the goosebumps. And I follow him on Twitter. And he often uh, tweets when he's going to be doing the anthem. And the cool part is to see the excitement in his tweets. Like he just got the phone call from the Kansas City Chiefs or the NFL, whoever makes that call. And he found out that he's going to be doing the anthem. And I was just at Arrowhead a couple weeks ago, uh, took Eli and, went up there with my brother and his son up to watch the Chiefs play, and what a great atmosphere. I'm sure you guys have seen it, heard about it, Uh, and to think that uh, General Wilson's going to get that started off with the anthem is going to be a lot of fun. So, yep, fun to follow him, and and glad that he's going to get that opportunity.
5: JR, always good to talk to you. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Thanks, guys. You guys, too. See you later. That's our buddy, Jeremy Rutherford, from The Athletic. And, again, read the piece about Ryan O'Reilly at The Athletic.
0: By the way, I said Bortuzzo, I meant Mikola.
5: Right. Well, In I, terms I of yep. uh, UFAs, yeah, yeah. 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 And, uh, get, Who could potentially be moved. Could be moved, yeah, yeah. because and that, that, it's a hard position to learn, and it scares me to move a guy like that because I I kind of think that he's going to wind up being a good player, and I'd like it to be here rather than elsewhere. I
0: know, I know.
5: Got all Ugh. the ability, right? He's, yeah. He's got the size, he can skate, he can hit. It's just, again, becoming more con- – the whole team has to become more consistent.
0: People are like, Grice could potentially be moved to the backup goaltender. Who thought that? I'm like, what? Well, yeah, I mean, if you're a veteran team and, you know, or if you're a playoff team and you want a veteran backup, why not? <laughs>
5: yeah. But they signed Joel Hofer, so he's going to be the guy. Yeah. So if you already have him on the two-year deal, you might as well uh, get him up here, especially if there is value in, in your backup goalie. I guess, yeah. That's Alexa. I'm Randy. Coming up, we've got rock and roll for you here on 101 ESPN. <laughs>
1: Back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
1: Let's rock. Let's
8: rock
5: today. All right, it is time for rock and roll. But first of all, a question for Alexa and Matthew. Yes. Because we were just talking about working out during the break and I don't have enough discipline to push myself To a level of discomfort If I have like Somebody, a coach, a personal trainer That'll push me I can get to an uncomfortable level I will never do that To myself though Can you do that? if, if you And you use an app But can you push yourself with the app With them pushing you To a level of discomfort Where you say, okay Not where you're mm-hmm. Where you're in any danger or anything, but just where you're you're doing a lot so that it's really worthwhile,
0: yes, a hundred percent because otherwise, why am I there? Mm-hmm. I can't leave the gym without feeling like I'm going to feel it the next day. That's, That's the kind great. of workout that I put in,
5: yeah, so and i I'd lift, I just I don't do things that and maybe it's actually smart at my age but I don't do things that make me really uncomfortable now I've had personal trainers that push me really hard yeah I just couldn't do that for myself I'm just not that disciplined
0: unless I feel like I'm gonna hurt myself which I know the limit I'm going full throttle on everything that I that I do because it just doesn't make sense for me otherwise
5: yeah. What about you, Matthew? Do you have the discipline to push yourself that hard? Oh God, no. I'm okay.
7: terrible at working out. I like I, I'm terrible at going to work out. That's my thing. Is I'm actually like the opposite of you. I hate having to do a whole like thing, process, drive somewhere else to work out. I'm the kind of person who, if I can do it at home or something all, all around my home, that's the most likely thing. So, like for me, my my most likely thing is that I, I will I will run, walk. Three or four miles around my apartment A couple times a week okay. yeah. That's the mo- that's that's pretty much the majority of my working out Just because I don't want to go to a gym And deal with all of that kind of stuff Even though there's one that I could literally walk to From here <laughs> um, And I just never do So I'm terrible at yeah, motivating myself
5: so, Alexa here's my main motivation There is a ride each summer It's the Saturday before the end of the Tour de France It's in Staunton, Illinois Through Rolling Hills 32 miles of bike ride And it's called the Tour de Donut And there are like three stops for giant glazed donuts. Count me in. And for every donut that you eat, you get five minutes taken off of your time for the ride.
0: Oh, my gosh. So
5: every year, the person that wins the race has a negative time because they eat so many donuts <laughs> and ride so fast. But that's great motivation, too. That, that'll get me to finish. That'll get me uncomfortable oh, if, I, if I'm eating a bunch yeah. of glazed donuts.
0: Well, isn't that why we work out
7: in the first yeah, place? Right. To be able to tie. eat all the sweets? Absolutely. Yeah. No doubt
5: about it. It's all important. right. Time for rock and roll. Yeah, play
7: for the tie. I'm 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 losing right now. Was Chris, um. Chris
5: Duncan's nickname here was the big burrito because he would go to Chipotle every Day, and uh, he would he would have a burrito. I
7: love Chipotle. I can't blame him. I'm more of a Quid- guy. Qdoba guy. it's Codoba. Qdoba. Qdoba. Yeah. Qdoba.
5: Qdoba. Whatever. And what was Mike Ryder's here? I think like I think uh, I, th- I think Dunk called it Chipotle. Chipotle. Yeah. And it's oh, Chipotle. Yeah. Of course he did. Yeah.
7: Chipotle. Chipotle. No, that's another,
5: another one. one. <laughs> yeah. Chipotle is my yeah. favorite one. You know, one. on Excellent. the
0: bag it says the only thing that's tough to pronounce here is our name. <laughs> that's right. Like, all the ingredients are fresh, right? Avocado uh, peppers and stuff. Yeah, They've yeah, yeah. So, caught like, on. Yeah, <laughs> they're that's, smart, good.
7: That's, that's a smart one. Yeah. Um, speaking of getting some good old food, and maybe even getting it delivered, last night in Pittsburgh, in an A-10 battle, Loyola Chicago was facing off against Duquesne. And apparently somebody on the video board got a little hungry because just before a stoppage early in the second half, here's what happened on the broadcast.
1: We'll let it go into the bench and Loyola would take over 10 minutes before we get a stoppage. And we've got an official's timeout. And somebody came on the floor on the far side looking for an Uber Eats delivery or something
7: there. He's carrying some McDonald's.
3: Oh, this has to be one of the all-time I, greats. I'm actually not kidding. No, I, no, I this think, is the truth. I think that's what's
7: happening. Guy's in the corner. looked like he, was he going to deliver the, the McDonald's to somebody on the court? Can we rule that out? He's, a, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think that's
1: an Uber Eats sticker. Is that I, what that is? I'm trying to get confirmation. Uber uh, Eats, yes. Maybe I'll put my hand up. I'm getting a little hungry. You can bring it over here. So we saw the stoppage. The, the, the man was ushered. Let's see if we can see this. No, this is going to be the turnover in the quarter. There court. he is. There, right oh, no, there, there in he is. The yeah, Yay, yay. So This a, guy is, is actually, who is he delivering it to? The ref, the the ref said later, "Give it to me
7: later, not (laughs) now." Philip Alston's done a lot. I didn't think he needed a Big Mac for sustenance in the middle Uh, of the game. I know, but I'm uh, well. The official out there, Tim, he he distanced him like I didn't say now. It was finally (laughs) reported by the Pittsburgh Post Gazette's Abby Schnabel that it was someone on the video board who did, in fact, order the McDonald's. They did get it delivered to them, but there is not yet an answer for how an Uber Eats delivery person got into the stadium without a ticket.
0: I like that play-by-play more than anything else that could have been going on on the court. I'd listen to that all night long. It was great. Oh, my gosh. A play-by-play of him eating the burger and the fries, here's the shake.
7: The and here's kind of what my next big question was going to be. First of all, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. It's absolutely insane. My two things. One, would you ever Uber Eats food to yourself at an arena like this? And two, if this is what happened to the delivery person, would you have the guts to actually sit there
5: and eat it? It was somebody that was working there, though, yes. right? It was they were working. They were working Absolutely the video board would then, yeah. Oh god! If, my, if it stopped the to game, your job, if arena it food the game has,
7: oh
0: has improved has. leaps and bounds. Yeah. But I don't know if there it has because sometimes it's just nachos and a hot dog. So right, that's like
5: a high school gym, right? right. La something like that. But here's the thing: if, <laughs> if if you're if you're working, it's no different than us having Uber Eats deliver food to us. They just didn't anticipate the guy walking on the court, right? Exactly.
0: It's the same thing as bringing a lunch pail. You yeah. just pull it out of your pocket exactly. rather than, you know, a guy just handing it to you. But yeah, the fact that he stepped out onto the court, like reliving his glory days from yeah. when he was a player. And What's he this literally,
7: guy doing? He literally, and it's crazy, too, because there's a pass to the corner where the guy walks on. I mean, so like he is a foot away from the closest two players. On the court when he walks on. I mean, the players are right there. It's not like he walked on when the play was on the opposite basket. He walked on when he was a foot away from other players with the ball in their hand. Just like confusingly
5: looking around where is this person I'm supposed to deliver it to? First time time seeing basketball,
0: huh, buddy?
3: Yeah.
5: How about this? Right? So, Glendale, February. You get the. Do 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 Uber Eats guys even have an outfit or do they just need a sticker? They just Just, have like a sticker. Okay, just just get the Uber Eats bag. Go to the gate at Glendale Stadium and say during the Super Bowl, "Hey, I got a delivery for the video guys," and oh. I, apparently they just let you in. Right?
7: That's true. Yeah, and that's, I that, did that was see that. Gonna be my question. Did the video guy board guy, whoever ordered this guy or gal, did they text somebody like a security guard at the, at the media entrance or a ticket person at one of the same saying, "Hey, I have somebody bringing me food. Let them in." Or like you're saying, is this just apparently? You know, just walk somewhere with confidence and an Uber Eats sticker, and you're good to go.
0: Yeah, my fear would be that the burger would just get lost in the mayhem, and then I would never really actually get it.
5: That's why I wouldn't do it at a professional or a college sporting event. That is absolutely a concern. Yeah, that's legit.
0: Yeah, so it's um, cold by the time it gets to you. That's not fun.
5: No, I think this is an idea to try to sneak into an event, though.
7: I mean, I'm also. I mean, if I'm if I'm if I'm Bob Ramsey and Earl Austin Jr. later on when when visits Duquesne, I mean, I. I, I P- do you think somebody just, could sneak in here? Pittsburgh got, the got the good station? sandwiches, right? No, they could not.
0: With the delivery, with the food delivery, what yeah. if they said that they were delivering food? a Chipotle burrito to me? We know I like Chipotle. Yeah. Oh, yeah what yeah, they they'll do,
5: move. they'll call they'll call us because Jamie Rivers gets something delivered all the time. Uh, so, but the what they'll, the front desk will call us and say, "Hey, even if you're here in the studio, hey, we've got a delivery for you, and then we can just go out and grab it."
0: All right, smugglers can't use that, so yeah. cross that off your list.
5: Always thinking though.
0: Yeah, I do. Yeah, definitely to get into a stadium. Though I'm here. I'm here for it. Yeah, we should
5: try it, Randy. Let's give it a try. Okay. Yeah. Let's do,
0: Uber eats. What what stadium can career. we get into? Like
5: <laughs> <Sort of point. laughs> so. well, you said, Super Bowl seems like a good plan,
7: <laughs> uh, Randy. Speaking of somebody in, in a different place than they were used to, Anthony Davis came oh, off on the court? bench. the Came off the bench. Ba- well, yes. He did find his way <laughs> just, to court. He, Just like the Uber Eats guy. He guys. didn't start there, though. He came off the bench for just the second time in the last 10 years of his career. He scored 21 points, but your thought, street clothes. He's getting back out there. He's working back from an injury, Randy, and he's willing to come off the bench as he works his way back. How about that?
5: You know what's going to happen here. Don't, big boy. don't, 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 don't jinx the poor guy. So come on. I, I'm not jinxing him. I, but jinxing him would having Don't him be, be having accurate. him play, Don't right? be super accurate <laughs> with what you are about to say. What I'm going to say is that to the chagrin of one Kerry Davis, the Lakers are going to make the play-in. Right now, they're only a game out of the play-in. At the very least, they're going to make the play-in. They're only two games behind the number 6 seed Mavericks. The Lakers are going to be in the playoffs. And all the Laker haters are going to go nuts, and I'm kind of one of them.
0: Uh, are they really going to be in the playoffs?
5: Yeah, they're only two games out, and now they've they made a trade. They've they've enhanced their talent level. AD, if AD is healthy, they're going to be fine. After that horrific start, they're playing well. LeBron's playing as well as he ever has. Yeah, they're going to make the playoffs.
0: But he's just putting the entire team on his back.
5: Yeah, he's
7: unbelievable. But he, here's, the here's why I think they might not make the playoffs. It's a guard league, ladies and gentlemen, and they have the two worst guards in the NBA. Patrick Beverly is statistically the most... Useless guard to have on the on an NBA roster. He right brings now.
5: what Scott Boris would call the prestige factor, because he's such a jerk and he makes everybody <laughs> around him. He he gets people to focus. It's like Conrad Dobler he gets people to focus on other things rather than their game.
7: And while Russ but, is doing better and he's kind of accepting his role a little bit more, he's still just an inefficient scorer on a team that needs people who can hit jumpers. But I'm, I'm 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 still down on the Lakers. But I, I'm, I'm happy for Anthony Davis, though. Utah
5: is mm-hmm. flawed. We knew that what has happened to Utah was going to happen. Minnesota is flawed. Uh, Dallas, even with Luka, is flawed. It, they'll, at the very least, Lakers, you heard it right here, they're going to make the play-in. The, they'll be uh, 7, 8, 9, 10. Huh. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. And we thank you for tuning in to the opening drive. Coming up, We're gonna do we have tickets to give away? Let's give away some tickets yeah. to Adam Sandler. Let's do that. And we've got a balloon party with T-Mac and Ajax coming up here on 101 ESPN as well.
1: You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
5: Hey kids, want to go see Adam Sandler at Enterprise Center? You can. We've got a question for you coming up, but every day this week we have your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Adam Sandler live at Enterprise Center on Friday, February 10th. That'll be the last weekend before Valentine's Day, so maybe take your significant other to see Adam Sandler. Limited tickets remain. All you need to do is go to 101ESPN.com or the 101 ESPN mobile app and you can get all the details there plus you can find a bounce back chance to uh, register to win free tickets but right now we've got a pair for you and all you need to do is correctly text in to our text line 314-399-9646 with the answer to matthew's question which may or may not be too easy
7: Yeah, I'm going to make it a little bit harder, actually, Randy. Uh, This is going to be a little bit tougher, people, because I'm not letting you get an easy one off here. So, obviously, Adam Sandler, a little sports movie. We're going to go with Happy Gilmore. Yes. Towards the end of the movie, when Happy looks up to the sky in a happy moment, what three characters does he see waving back at him from heaven when mm-hmm. happy looks up to the sky what three characters does he see waving back at him I'm gonna need an answer for all three of them
5: wow what text number there to get we're gonna it correct go, we're gonna go with texter it number, should be a small number
7: I'm gonna go with texter number 16 Randy and I might give you an answer
5: for a little hint for one of the three answers you need to give me texter number 16 okay so obviously Alexa has seen Happy Gilmore yes you've seen Modern Family yes did anybody change more than julie bowen from happy gilmore as happy's girlfriend to modern family i would have never recognized her as the same person the first time i ever saw modern family
0: but she still looks so young in modern fantastic. family fantastic yeah unbelievable yeah beautiful but yeah you're right you don't really recognize her and she, she changed a lot she did
5: but uh, both roles were great as claire and as uh, i don't even remember happy's girlfriend's name
7: Modern Family then has two of the biggest switches because I'd argue, uh, you know, what's his name? From, Bun- from Bundy to... Um,
5: yeah, o- um, O'Neill. what's his I'm name? I'm trying to think.
7: I can't remember the actor. But from, from you know, Al Bundy to his character in Modern yeah. Family, he's he really shifts himself. I mean, kind of still like a gruff kind of guy, but like completely different personality-wise. I almost kind of forget when I watch, like, old... When I see the old clips of him, it's like, oh, yeah, it's the same guy.
5: Yeah, pretty amazing. The Blues are at Arizona tonight, and Jeremy Rutherford kind of mirrors my feelings, Alexa. Yeah. I hope the Blues can get on a roll and find some consistency. And hey, they were in the... We've seen it happen. I just... I'm trying to visualize it happening and I can't see a way for it. I just don't think that there are enough really good defenseman on this team, for the Blues to be able to replicate what they did in 2019.
0: But I do appreciate Torrey Krug coming back from injury in his first game, making a huge impact Mm -hmm. with those two assists, three attempts. He was on the ice for like 21 minutes. So the fact that he was out there uh, a significant amount of time you know, goes to show me that he's not only a a leader on this team, which you know he is for that defense, but calling guys out. Post game, mm-hmm. and saying we got to play desperation hockey. I do feel like that could resonate with this organization, and maybe that could get the ball rolling defensively because it's really just about effort. That's what defense is, mm-hmm. and if you have these guys step up and everyone kind of buys in and and says, "Okay, yeah, let's let's put a label on it—desperation hockey." Let's start playing that way. Maybe there could be a change in this team, and it could start, you know, trickling down to to the rest of the guys. Because you see, also with these injuries, these younger players coming in and making an impact and and kind of being more physical and and being, you know, an, an energizer bunny and all of that. And well, why can't it be me? Why can't it be? The veteran who's here, who's been here for a while, why can't I step up? And maybe, you know, a call to action from Tory Krug is what they need.
5: And if he doesn't hold sway in that room, he should. He was a a game away from winning a Stanley Cup. The Blues won game seven. He was there and was a key player for Boston in 2019. So he should be a player that other players in that room listen to and the whole group. And I do think, I I know that uh, John Kelly said that maybe or maybe not for Ryan O'Reilly. I do think that the leadership of Ryan O'Reilly plays a role in this team, but I also think they just need, and I didn't think so. My mind has been changed. They need somebody that's just got a little bit more grit, just a little bit uh, that's miserable to play against. That's the best way I can put it. I don't think they have enough players that are miserable to play against.
0: Randy, they were looking for that player, At the trade deadline last year and Mm -hmm. that just kind of continues to be the philosophy with this team and then they bring in Nick Letty and everyone was like what why and then Letty was a great addition Mm -hmm. and fit in really well and so for me it's like but do they really need that player is that I mean I guess you're looking for that top defenseman to pair maybe with Pareko or or that guy to really step up and be the the big physical brute presence yeah Um, yeah where are they going to get that? Who are they going to get that from?
5: Hopefully, that'll just be a young player that they bring in that that grows into the role. So yeah. you have pregame, intermissions, postgame tonight. You have my permission tomorrow morning. If you want to show up at... 3.45 rather than 3.35 in the morning as we prepare for the show. You have, you have my permission.
0: <laughs> okay, I appreciate that, Randy. <laughs> Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed at
7: <laughs> 3.30 in the morning. I'll do it.
5: Great job by our producer engineer, the one, the only, Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure.
7: And Randy, we got an un. Believable amount of answers to that trivia oh, question. You correct, correct ones. Uh, yes, we could. We could. We could have gone texture like one sixteen,
5: and and I think it was, still would have been in play. Good. Enjoy Adam Sandler and Alexa. We'll see you tomorrow in the morning. Sounds at good. Six forty five or whatever. I'm just joking. <laughs> thank you, Randy. That's Alexa. I'm Randy. And for all of us, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. T Mac and Ajax with a balloon party next. And for all of us, until tomorrow morning at seven, have a great day, St. Louis. That's right.